Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, we take this luxurious train to the land of conspiracies, aliens, neuralizers, and Will Smith. Just kidding. Not the men in black movies, you silly fuckers. The real men in black. Listener discretion is advised. We say things like fuck, but you probably knew that. All aboard. Hello, passengers. And yes, we know we're a day late. We are. Yeah. <laughs> well, Welcome. Wait, wait, did we tell people that we were? No, we didn't tell anyone. <laughs> no. Surprise. Yeah. Somebody asked me about it. And uh, well, if, if you probably know you're listening to the Midnight Train podcast, <laughs> where we bring the dark <laughs> to light and where, you know, it might it might drop on Monday and it, and it might not. Look, how many times have we not dropped on a Monday? Now? Well, listen, my like plan twice? is, is I'm, like the second time ever? I'm going to have this up. It will be Monday as this drops. Okay. So when we're finished, I'm going to be hustling and bustling to get All this right, thing man. finished. Yeah. So it'd be good. It'd be and good we're such people. professionals. There's no editing involved. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the smooth <laughs> talents of, of Jonathan and Mr. Moody. Oh, you know it, baby. You well, obviously, it. if you're new here. Welcome. Yes. And if you're not, welcome, welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. We've been getting a shit ton of new listeners feedback and has new. Been amazing. Yeah. The feedback's been awesome. Uh, I love it. Love it. Love it. And it's probably all because of you guys because you're just telling people about it, which is fantastic. Yeah. So keep that going. Yeah. We really, and your, really... Sa- your shameless self promotion yes. that helps. Too. Yes. Oh, yes. On everything <laughs> I do anywhere, walk up to people and like, hi, my wife will be like, this is my husband, John. And I'm like, hi, how you doing? I have a podcast. <laughs> And they're looking at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And I'm like, no, no, but I do. No, I seriously, you, you, should, you listen. should listen. You got an iPhone? I'll do it for you. Let me see. And I've done that. I've literally done Put that it to people. Down. Oh, yeah. They're like, I don't know how to listen. I'm like, yeah, hand it over. I'll take care of it. Well, you guys know what we do here. And if you don't, guess what? We talk about and make fun of creepy shit, right? Run the gamut. All kinds That's of creepy right. shit. Mysterious, whatever you call it, anything out there. There's nothing really out of bounds for us. And uh, no. we like to bring as much information as, uh, on each topic as possible. I am. Your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. (laughs) It's going to be that kind of show today. Sorry. Hold on. There we go. Not bad. You know what? I'll take that. I'll take my womp womp early. I I will. will. We're what? Two minutes? Two minutes in. I'm fucking up. Two minutes in. All right. And of course, with me (laughs) is the man who happens to touch the wrong button at all times. And that's what his wife says. Hey, it's Mr. Moody. Just for that. Since I messed up. That's right. I get the the boots now. Also what my wife tells me. Ah, so how you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we 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 really have been getting quite the uh, uh, the reception yeah. lately. It's been awesome. We've been getting That's a good. lot of people signing up on the website, getting more Patreon producers. Mm. We love you so much. You have no idea. Thank we've you so some, much for supporting got us. Got some more bonuses in the works. Yeah, some we got more one bonuses ready to happening. go that we're gonna hopefully record soon. Here, this last one was a drunken monstrosity. <laughs> 
but it was, best, best hey, ones, it was fucking fantastic. That's why yeah. we that's why we do it for the bonus one because I think it's the fun, average man. listener hearing that would be like, "What the shit?" <laughs> I don't want. To, I don't like this. But if you listen to the show long enough, you then you us. go, "Okay, I got to hear these guys being drunken sense. assholes." Yeah, and it makes sense, right? And if you go back to our earlier episodes, you can also hear that. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I used that's to pretty do. Much what it was, yes, yeah. That's what, it, and then I figured that I might as well act professional. Yeah, how's that working out for I you? I am a professional podcaster. Are you? I no, nah, I don't know. I you make a living that. off of it, huh? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Is that what make constitutes so being a professional? You're an amateur podcaster. Mo- most de- definitely. Yeah. All right. I'm an amateur, ma- immature podcaster. We're top of the ranks amateurs, though. That's right. Best in the business. <laughs> That's right. So you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just a couple of musicians and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means to us that you're listening to us in our sultry voices at this exact moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's sultry. <laughs> sultry voices. <laughs> Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. You guys have no idea how much it means to us. And saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review if you can. It does help for some reason. We're not really, really sure why. And it only takes a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes, whatever it is. You know, yeah. just long. And even if you don't have a, uh, an iTunes account. It takes you a couple of minutes to leave a review. That's a hell of a review, man. Yeah. Yeah. But that'd be awesome. Okay. If it was just a bunch of dots and at the very end was good. <laughs> it's just a thumbs just up. Just a thumbs just up. Just the emoji. <laughs> was good. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, even if you don't have a, uh, if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can still go on there and you can say something and yeah. say, hey, I like these guys yeah, yeah. or, you know, go fuck yourself. I, whatever. Just leave five stars. I don't care really what you say. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's how they do it there. So we don't know. So you can all, you know, leave any review you'd like. And uh, you can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and clicking the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And Patreon subscribers, as we were just talking about our beautiful producers. Woo! God, we love you. Woo! You guys just got that Haunted Paintings episode. Yeah. Drunken Beer Night Haunted Paintings. And uh, it was pretty cool, actually. There was a lot of cool stuff that I learned. And, uh, and it, yeah, it was it was cool. It was Good. it was definitely cool. Yeah, and I my wish. wife, I'm I'm I don't subscribe to our Patreon, so I never get to hear these. Yeah, things. yeah, like, jerk. Yeah, we got to figure that out for you. <laughs> yeah, my my wife just pretty much drunkenly um, drunkenly um, bitched about the Midgetville episode the entire time because she because she's almost a midget and she just hated the whole thing. <laughs> she's not legally one. So <laughs> not fine. legally. Not legally. There's she's, a bunch of houses up there for her. <laughs> she <can live laughs> exactly. <in there. laughs> So if she ever gets pissed off at me, we found some spots she can stay at. She's got somewhere to go. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> so anyway, sign up for all of those amazing bonus episodes over at patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast. Make sure you put the WWW and stuff in there because it's fucking stupid. So whatever. And it's the forward slash the midnight train pack podcast or just head over to our official website. One of those episodes. Yeah, well, yeah. Every episode is one of those. <laughs> You can head over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com. It's our official um, website. And over there, pick up some merchandise. I do have the new shirts in the works. And I am so excited for the Ed Vane. You, dude, I'm going to blow your fucking mind with that. I can't one. wait. If you think that some of those wait, other dude. shirts have been really cool, wait until this new shirt drops. I can't wait. It's going to be, oh, especially. Also, I was for- thinking, should we just change the name of the podcast to one of those episodes? <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're changing our name. <laughs> One of those episodes. <laughs> Plus, listen, also over there, too, there's all kinds of cool shit you can kind of check out. And oh, I'm yeah. actually going to be updating that as soon as I get a free moment because Ooh, I want to add some photos of us. Yeah, I want to maybe I, let people know a little more about you and I as our I feel the like humble if they hosts. Saw photos of us, they wouldn't listen to us. Plus, their computers would probably break. Yeah. So maybe I'll leave those off. 
Well, maybe you. Definitely not me, though. Okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> Man, look at that. <laughs> Plus, a lot of you guys know because we interact with you online on Facebook, our official Facebook group page. And uh, you guys can go on there and just look up the uh, Midnight Train Podcast group forum. Yes. And it's such a blast. And uh, also, people have been asking about our, our Twitter, and that is the Midnight Train OH. Oh, uh, everywhere Does that else. Stand for Ohio. Uh, yes. Very nice. Yes. Uh, everywhere else. It's the Midnight Dream podcast, like on Instagram and uh, our TikTok, which I'm <laughs> going to start working on that. And uh, it's just we got to figure that out. I think I'm going to pay my daughter to do it. Dude, you might as well. Yeah. Just pay her a couple bucks. Dude, I'll get my kids to do stuff. Yeah. Just They'd love it. TikTok it out. Yeah. My son runs it. We'll do that. Maybe we'll just have our kids run our TikTok for us. I think that'd be the best bet. Absolutely. And you guys can go and uh, check out the TikTok over <laughs> at uh I, oh man, I, I I knew to write it down you and I it. fucking you, lost. You put it on here somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, it's the Midnight Train PC because uh, somebody asked for it. Yeah, I believe it's PC for podcast. I think it's the Midnight Train PC. I should have put TT for TikTok, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, find us on there. Interact with us. Talk to us. Yeah. Damn it. We love talking to you guys. We miss you. We do. We miss you so much. A little bit. All right. So listen. <laughs> Turn on the lights. Yeah. Adjust our seats. All right. My seat's not adjustable, though. Uh, which, well, the, you got the it big swivels. seat. It swivels. It swivels. Well, that's adjustable then. Okay. You can adjust from left to right. Ready? Ready? Yes. There we nice. Go. He adjusted right, to the left. I'm good. And uh, <clears throat> let's get, oh, first, what, let's grab a drink. Oh. Eh? <laughs> let's, let's not go too far here without that. Guess what we're drinking? Uh, it's the um, he Lefe, right? Yes, that's the. Uh, it is the. It's the highlight from Mexico called he Lefe. <laughs> it's Miller, like how they got the Mexican Coke. Yes, that's the Mexican highlight. He Lefe, Miller, he Lefe, Miller, he Lefe. That's what we're drinking tonight. So if you guys like that, dude, should, seriously, highlight, please. Yes, someone. Does anybody know anybody that works for them? Or any brewery, for that fact. As yeah. long as their beers don't suck. Oh, but mm, let me take that back. Because then if they like send us a bunch of beer and it's garbage. We'll just have <laughs> we're to. We're like, we'll, this is. We'll just have to pretend. <laughs> we don't. I mean, we could drink High Life and say we're drinking that. Oh, I guess that's it's true. It's fucking, it's not TV. You're so smart. I know. All right. So in saying that, let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful and amazing motherfuckers. Is this a rando pick again? You see where it goes? Yeah. All right. It's picking random shit, I think. I like it. Yeah. It's, it's chill. It's nice. Kind of fits with the episode. What do we think? Like spooky. Like, yeah. Whoa. What do we think is going to happen? I think it's going to go into some like heavy bass and like kind of slow. It'd be like, awesome. It's like, Rah! that would be great, dude. <laughs> and it's going to drop in, right? Yeah, I told you. If you guys can feel that bass in your cars right now or in your earbuds. Dude, that's, I told you, big bass, man. Yeah, that's bassy. I can't wait to hear that in my car. That's bassy. Boom. I like it. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's chill. This is good, like. It is called the Twisted Apple Power it's Druid. That's pretty good stuff, man. Yeah, what? I can't hear you. The bass is too loud. Yeah, what? I can't. What'd you say? The bass is too loud. I couldn't hear you. to fade out but it got me i thought right. you did fade it out I no. thought, that's what i thought you did i started to and then that's i kicked crap. there that's we awesome. go buddy all right so as evan said in the beginning of the episode no we are not talking about any 
of the Men in Black movies. No. Okay. Uh, Will Smith has nothing to do with what we're about to do. Tommy Lee Jones also doesn't. Have you ever seen the movie, okay. by the way, with him called, I want to say it's called Blue Moon or Black Moon or something, something moon. Hear what it's called. It's from back in the 80s. It's it sounds, amazing. It amazing sounds flick. familiar. I, I amazing believe flick. I know what you're talking about, but I haven't seen it. I it's don't. such a good flick. Yeah. yeah. It's just one of those like super like trippy like kind of. No, it's no, like a. I thought it was. No. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> so instead tonight on the Midnight Train, we're exploring the world of the men in black. The real men in black. That's right. We're going to be talking about the best Johnny Cash cover band to ever live. Yeah. Yes. That's what yes. I'm talking about. Burn, burn, burn the ring of fire. <laughs> Love Johnny Cash. But except that's wrong. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, sorry, dude. Oh, sorry man. for all the listeners out there who were like hyped right, well, about that. Like, I'm going to go home. Fuck yeah. And, I'm going to go home. Then. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. So We're actually what? talking about the real men in black tonight. Again, not the movies. Like bank robbers dressed all in black? No. No? No. Okay. No, just calm, calm your britches. All right, my keep britches your, are Keep calm. your panties out of your crack. I'm not wearing panties. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, let's get into what the men and women in black may be. Then a few fun encounter stories. Now you guys are going to love these. Love it. Yeah, we love the firsthand accounts. So like I was telling you, I also wanted to uh, approach this episode a bit differently. Uh, there's there's tons and tons of podcasts, different episodes, all kinds of shit out there about the real quote unquote men in black, right? right? So what I wanted to do is I took it from the historical perspective. Because we love our history here. Started from the beginning. Started from the bottom, now we're here? Not quite. Okay. Started from the beginning, and, and I kind of took it to a certain point, and then peppered in some stories after that. So we got the real good history of the Men in Black with some really crazy shit to get from, dude, the fuck I told you, like, John Keel, the Mothman ties in. It's crazy, dude. It's yeah. fucking crazy. We love our crazy shit on this yeah, show, don't we? We love first, it. The whole first, like, four people is just insanity. Awesome. I You're going to love it, dude. Love it. Yeah. So many people have theories on who or what the men in black are. They do, yeah. These theories range from the mundane to the insane. We definitely like that part better. Yeah. Government agents to paranormal to extraterrestrial and everything in between. Government agents seem to be the most prevalent answer to who the men in black are, mostly because of the circumstances behind their appearances. And to be honest, that's typically where I've always heard about it as like, they're a secret government agency and blah, blah, blah. You, know? you might rethink it after this. Ooh, it changed my mind process. Maybe. Uh, yeah. Or you're just going to fucking laugh the whole way through. I hope both, my friend. I yeah. hope both. Yeah. Well, if you don't know already, the men in black, also known as the MIB. Mm-hmm are men from a secret government organization aimed at keeping the existence of aliens away from the public eye. Maybe. They are typically bald, <laughs> going as far as even not having eyelashes. Yeah, no body hair. All are required to wear a plain black suit and black fedora as to keep from arousing suspicion and to intimidate individuals. I think uh, I think Danny knows a lot of those kids. They're ska kids. Yeah. The black fedoras and all that stuff. Oh, are they men in black? They, they might be. Maybe it's... Oh. Did it's a we cover. just fucking uncover we something? We broke it. We broke it. Where's my dan oh, that? It's right yeah. there. Ska music is just a, a cover front. for the men in black. It's a front. Oh, shit. You see that? We we 
are breaking, innovators here. We're breaking news stories. But we, we need a breaking news, like breaking news. <laughs> we need one of those, but it has to be a kazoo. <laughs> Fuck, I yeah. forgot the kazoo again. I knew, I knew you were going to forget it. Yeah. Why didn't you yeah. remind me? Well, because we're already fucking hours late anyway, so whatever. Anyway, we'll have the kazoo. <laughs> one of these days. So apparently they speak in a very monotone nature and mm -hmm. never reveal their true identity. Some have reported them calling each other by identification numbers rather than name. Sounds kind of just like the movie so far. Weren't they? Uh, they were letters in the movie, though, right? Yeah, it was like K, K and J. And K. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Men in Black idea was accepted by many in the conspiracy-prone UFO community, partly because it seemed to legitimize the truth of eyewitness reports. No matter how outlandish their story, if an eyewitness credibly claimed that he or she had been threatened, the story seemed more plausible. Absolutely. After all, if the story was bogus, why would the government take an interest in the eyewitnesses, much less try to silence them? Good question. I mean, that is a great question. Great question. Everyone I don't have out, an answer to that. Everyone out there right now, their brains are going... Yeah. Yeah. Hope it doesn't make a mess, folks. They typically come in groups of three, barging into homes and brandishing a badge of some sort. It seems their only purpose is to rattle and disturb the target individual. The men seem to already know about the experience and even know details that the individual may not know. After initially questioning the individual on the experience, there is generally some sort of threat made to try and encourage the individual to keep quiet. Oh, okay. So they're there to muscle your ass. Yeah, they, right? uh, yeah, they just, you know. So they're not. They're tell not, you to shut up or something bad's going to happen. Right. So they're not there to, like, wipe your brain. <clears throat> no, none of that. None of that. None of that Hollywood hula, right? Did I say hula? Yeah, I don't know what that means, man. Is it in the hoopla? Is what the word Yeah, I that's what you were looking for. for. Hula. <laughs> That's a dance. Hurla, hurla. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, whatever. But the men, as I said, they seem to already know what the hell the people as they're going to threaten have been through. After initially questioning the individual on the experience, there's generally some sort of threat, again, made to keep them quiet, right? Did I put that in there twice threat, or threat. did you read that twice? Uh, no, I'm just reiterating Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, there's good. a threat, so remember that. Often they say that it is for the good of the individual, the country, or even the world. <laughs> No. Every week you try that and you I fall know. flat every time. You know what? I'm going to get a freaking like super awesome reverb button. So when I do that, it sounds amazing. Dude, is there not? Can we do that out of here? I don't know. Maybe we'll work on There's it. There's got to be effects in here somewhere. Yeah, we'll look at it. <laughs> He's actually looking to see if we can do that. I don't out. think you can. I don't think you can do that. I guarantee you, you can. But it'd be funny. Or or I could just record myself doing the moohoo. Whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Whatever, dude. So occasionally some have even claimed that it was good for the entire universe or for the good or for the good of the entire universe the universe you say the whole universe wow yeah most people believe that the mib were just what they claimed to be a secret branch of the air force yeah, yeah the, uh, the air force and the navy are usually the typical uh in the navy they're usually the typical no. uh branches that you find that they talk about uh Aliens and stuff. Okay. But it seems to some that uh, as the strangeness of the sightings increased, people who experienced the MIB and other researchers started to think that this was much more than a simple branch of the government. Some started to notice the MIB seemed to be distinctly unhuman. <gasps> oh, boy. Skin has been reported to look like plaster or rubber. And as stated earlier, they seem to have no hair, including eyelashes and eyebrows. So it's, it's uh, powder. I got, I got some powder. <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Powder. Such a good too. movie. 
God, it's such a good movie. You know, it blew my freaking mind when I realized that the guy from Powder is also the guy from Boondock Saints. Wait, which guy? Uh, Not the dude. Not not, uh, Willem Dafoe. No. <laughs> no. Could you? Holy shit, that'd be, would that be creepy That'd be as fuck. awesome. That'd be super awesome. Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe is one of my favorite actors, dude, because he's just a fucking loon. Dude, can somebody please out there? I, I suck at Photoshop. Can somebody please Photoshop Willem Dafoe as powder for me? Just no eyebrows, no hair, just completely white po- skin oh with that fucking crazy smile he has. <laughs> just like. God, that would be so good. <laughs> I expected uh, I expected in the forum by Wednesday. Yeah, so it's not not the dude from um The Walking Dead. It's the other the other one. guy, the other brother. Yeah, that's him. It's him. Sort of oh. Sean Patrick Flannery. Yeah, I think yeah. his name is. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, I never knew that. Fucking crazy, right? I was never really a big fan of Powder. Oh, what? Anyways, such a good movie. Well, anyway, they walk and move around in a clumsy manner and seem to struggle with basic human interaction. They seem to misuse common English words and display strange and disturbing body language. So with all this being said, where did all of these stories begin? Well, That's a good question. Let's find out, Moody. Should we? I, I think so. Do you think the listeners would like to know? Yeah, I, I, do. I honestly do. I do too. Yeah, all right. The very first recorded brush with the MIB came in 1947 from one Harold Dahl. I think that's uh, Chainsaw's grandson. <laughs> Uh, new listeners, if you're not aware who Chainsaw is, please go back and listen, and you'll figure out. Especially, he's, old. he's old, and we love him with all of our broken hearts. So Dahl was fishing with his son and dog one day. He saw six strange-looking and unidentified craft in the sky. As they stared into the sky, Dahl claims one of the craft dumped what he described as molten lava onto the boat. Molten lava. Yeah. Okay. So alternately, I have also read. Could it have been alien shit and they were just dumping their toilets? Like like, they, like when we would, you know, when like you dump the fucking toilet on the tour bus. And That's what I'm saying. The, road. the yeah. gray water? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. It was it was alien gray water. <laughs> That's so gross. Uh, <laughs> I have alternately read, though, um, I believe this account. I believe this was the actual account. But I have also read uh, where in the account, one of the ships actually uh, like explodes, like in pieces fall. Oh. But I think that this is the actual original account. Okay. Well, um, I guess I probably shouldn't have made fun of the uh, the uh, alien gray water because uh, the <laughs> substance landed directly on the dog, killing it. Yeah. Yikes. Now you feel like a dick, don't I you? I do feel like a dick. All right. I mean, kind, kind. I feel bad the dog died. I don't really feel bad that if it was alien shit poo so, water. Oh, whatever it was, it killed the dog. Yeah, that sucks. Dahl and his son both suffered severe burns and had to be hospitalized. After Dahl recuperated, he had the presence of mind to collect some of the material that was left on his boat after the incident. Yes. After this, Dahl was greeted at his door one day by a man dressed in, you guessed it, all in black. It was Johnny Cash. <laughs> he was like, hello, I'm Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to keep going the whole time. I wish I could just read this whole story like Johnny Cash. That'd be amazing. He demanded Dahl forget everything that he witnessed. After several more visits, Dahl was compelled to listen to what the man said and left it alone. That wasn't bad. Not bad. That wasn't bad That's for right good. for right off the whim. Is that it, wasn't bad. Uh, I don't have that. I don't have a key Yeah. So anyway, no, he he the guy in the man in black, he demanded that Dahl forget everything that he witnessed. Yep. After several more visits, Dahl was compelled to listen to what the man said and left it alone. So they came back. So they uh yeah, they they came to visit him after uh he had collected the sample and all that, and then uh 
after they came the first time and told him like basically you'd be better off forgetting that this ever happened and then they came back several more times and after that he was like okay i'm gonna forget this ever happened because it creeped him the fuck out so bad well, that's fucking crazy speaking of crazy yeah it's next part this is where it gets fucking yeah <laughs> So the next and <laughs> the next and one of the most infamous accounts we are going to talk about is that of Albert Bender. Oh, Bender. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do a Bender voice. I was going to do a Bender voice from what anyway, whatever. So this one gets pretty crazy. So buckle up, passengers. <laughs> you guys are going to love this. Bender's experience is one of the earliest and well uh, most well-known um documented accounts of the MIB. He was an office clerk and served a brief stint in the military during World War II. WW2 WWII as they call Big it. One. That's right. After he returned, he moved into his father's attic. Bender yeah. would eventually be yeah. the founder of the first major civilian UFO investigation group, the International Flying Saucer Bureau, or the IFSB. Yeah, so if if, if there's any big UFO fans out there, you guys probably know this story. Some of you may have heard this about this guy in passing. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. The if is the Ifsb. Ifsb. Yes. Hi, I work at the Ifsb. Yes. All right. He brought the group to the forefront of the UFO investigation community with the publishing of a periodical, The Space Review, in 1952. Soon, like-minded individuals began contacting Bender from all over the world with their own UFO stories. As if the IFSB, the Ifsb, became more and more popular, its popularity would ultimately be the thing that found it completely shut down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen. If you don't bring the kazoo next week, I'm... you're fucking you know no beer for you. Dude, I'm going to be like a fucking shitty DJ, like morning DJ. I'm going to bring like a slide whistle and shit. <laughs> Dude, old school. Has a little the, the, the little cracker thing. <laughs> 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 hey, everybody, and welcome. I wish I could, play the, wish I could play the trombone because then I can do the yeah. womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Like I'm in person. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> so Bender would find himself on the receiving end of some very strange phenomena. It began with a strange phone call. Phenomena. <laughs> do, 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 do. Phenomena. Do, damn it. Now everybody's going to have that yep, shit in their That's head. in your head now, isn't it? Yeah. You guys like that? You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so Bender picked up the phone after a strange phone call one day. And as soon as he put it to his ear, he felt strange. And a chill went up and down his spine. He repeatedly asked, hello, but no one responded, but he knew someone was there. He felt dizzy and hung up and went and laid down. Oh, my. He sort of forgot about the call until a little later in the week when he decided to take in a movie. And not, like, take it anally. He went to watch a movie. No, it was a suppository. Oh, he got a suppository? Like yeah. a movie suppository? Yep. 52. Yeah. Hmm, what was that? Probably Bela Lugosi in something, right? 52? Yeah, it didn't say. No? Hmm. Well, so he's got a movie up his ass. Anyway, it was just past midnight. When the movie ended and he began to walk home, probably oddly considering there was a movie in his ass. <laughs> yeah, he was waddling for sure. <laughs> probably an awkward walk. Maybe a scuttle of sorts. <laughs> a scuttle. <laughs> well, he couldn't see anything, but he could feel someone or something following him. He sped up to make it home and quietly made his way to his room. When he opened the door to the attic, he was hit with an extremely foul odor. It and sucks. <laughs> he probably removed the... <laughs> The movie out of his ass. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. That's so gross. I'm sorry, folks. Anyway, but that's not all. No? No. It wasn't just the odor. No. He was also presented with a floating orb in the middle of the room. Was he drunk and or high? Isn't that the question you always ask? And was he drunk and or high? Yeah. Well, we don't know that yet. We don't. 
So he switched on the light and quickly the orb was gone. Bender was not sure what had just happened. Was it just in his head? Was it a strange paranormal phenomena? Could be. Do, 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 do. <laughs> that's where we need the kazoo. You guys are going to hate us. Yeah, that's amazing. So, well, he soon realized it couldn't have all been in his head. As he looked around the room, he could see that there were wrecked items all over his attic room. His wrecked them. Nearly killed them. <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'm getting a kazoo too we're gonna just do it to each other the entire time yeah that's so funny well anyway so his there were files you know all over the floor laid out as if somebody had been looking through them all looking for some sort of information yeah they said that basically it looked like somebody had just laid all of his files out on the floor and just kind of like was like scanning through them basically you need to get a, little, get, get a little more on your mic there, buddy. Make love to Dude, it. Dude, it was like two inches from my face. That's what she said. <laughs> so while this, in, uh, this incident was shocking and unsettling, Bender kept pushing forward with his work with the Ifizba. Ifizba. Right. A few weeks later, he yet again had a strange incident. Incident? <laughs> Sean he Connery. Str- <laughs> Sean Connery's back. Everybody. Sean Connery's back. He had a strange incident. Sorry. <laughs> At the movie theater, okay. So this is a few weeks later after yeah, the first time. So he likes going to the movies a lot. I think it was about two weeks later. He said that he had because uh, he had almost he had kind of put this other incident out of his head, and then he, he had another incident at the movie. He was like, "Man, it's cool. People fuck, fuck my shit up. You're old and you live at your dad's attic. I mean, you might as yeah. well go see a movie." Yeah, I guess that's true. So he was sitting in his seat and had the feeling that someone was staring at him. But upon looking around the theater, he couldn't see anyone particularly looking in his direction. Then, as he continued, the hell was that? That was. Is that your fucking weird throat noise my, now? Yeah, that's weird. We've been doing that a lot lately. People, you don't want to hear that, do you? I apologize. Should I cut that out? Nah. Whatever. Nope. Yeah. Mine's in there. Yours is yeah, in there. Yeah, whatever, whatever. So then as he continued to look around, he was shocked to turn back around and see a man dressed in black Ooh. suddenly occupying the empty seat next to him. It was as if the man just popped into existence. His appearance was just as strange as his arrival. <laughs> is, it, is that is that the sound of someone just showing up? Is that, yeah, absolutely. What is this like? Dream of fucking JD over here? He's just fucking. Oh, there he is! You knew what it was for, right? He fucking showed up. There you go, dude. That's that. We need that one for now on too. Anytime someone just shows up, you just hear. Him. <laughs> oh my god uh, so anyway he's sitting there and this guy's just sitting next to him right it's just like he just showed yeah up. he was busy like he said he was scanning kind of scanning around the theater and Looking then like, when he turned back around the dude was just like right, just next, right to next to him so he said he was dressed kind of weird or whatever he had a long black trench coat black fedora and most strangely his <laughs> eyes seemed to glow unnaturally in the darkness as with the phone call in the last theater experience, the one up his ass, Bender began to feel sick. He closed his eyes as the room began to spin. When he opened his eyes again, the strange man was gone. He tried to rationalize the experience any way he could and get back to watching the movie. Maybe it was all that fucking vodka he drank 20 minutes earlier. Yeah, drunk and or high. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like he might have been both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. Soon, though, he got the same feeling of being watched. He began to look around again, and soon to his dismay, he found that the same strange man was sitting directly behind him this time. Same guy. Same fucking guy. He was staring at Bender with anger in his eyes. After this, he got up and headed home from the theater as he was thoroughly unsettled. Well, you think? I can imagine. I would be as well. Probably peed a little bit. 
there's kids listening to ska music looking at me like that. <laughs> I'd be creeped out too. Scatting in the back. <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. For the next few months, strange things would continue to happen. Then came the day the MIB contacted him. Ooh. Bender decided to develop a contact day <clears throat> with his fellow uh, followers and fellow members of the Ifazaba and the UFO community. He felt that contact could be made telepathically with the occupants of the UFOs if the whole of the group would set aside a specific time to all stop and continuously repeat a memorized mantra directed towards the UFOs. I mean, it makes sense. Makes sense. Sure. Everybody just kind of We business. all know that aliens, they, they communicate telepathically. Right. Yeah. Right. He put out a bulletin in the space review. He did. You know, that's his little... Little, his little, news, his little, little periodical. Little newsletter Yeah, he's got. Zine. His, his little zine. <laughs> his ska zine. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's just all ska shit, but it's all it's subliminal. Review, reviews yeah. of ska music it's and all subliminal. alien. Yeah, subliminal ska shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he's asking everyone in this to all join him on a specific day and time to do this, for everyone to get together yep. and telepathically yep. attempt to speak to the UFOs. Yeah, bringing it home, baby. Right. You can find the mantra online, and oddly enough, it was also the baseless, baseless, a basis of a pop song that was ultimately made a hit song by the Carpenters. Yes. What? I don't know what song it was. I didn't bother to look it up. At any rate, on the de designated contact <laughs> day, at 6 p.m., he laid down in his quiet attic and started repeating the mantra. The third time he repeated the words, he felt the temperature in the room drop, and he developed a terrible headache. The headache was followed by a terrible sulfur smell. He says shortly after this, he passed out. Next thing he knew, there were flashing blue lights and his headache was worse. All of a sudden, the headache was gone and he found himself floating above his own body. Oh. <laughs> he was having an out-of-body experience. Oh, man. He began to hear a distant voice. The voice stated, quote, oh. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Is that a good alien? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, it says, quote, We have been watching you and your activities. Please be advised to discontinue delving into the mysteries of the universe. Oh my. We will make an appearance if you disobey. <gasps> okay, okay. Hold on, before I go any further, can we find, do we have the mantra? Uh, I could find it. Find that mantra. I want to know what that is. Yeah, I could find, it's long, though. That's even better. Okay, I you, know. yeah, I could. I'll, the listeners I'll want it. to hear what the mantra is, just in case we all. Do they, though? Uh, just in case we all want to get together and do this one day. <laughs> We could try it. Why couldn't we? We, we did a, we did a seance be, already. That would, be, that would be, yeah, and that worked out well. Let's get all of our passengers from all across the entire world at one point in time and do the mantra and see if maybe the aliens show up. I don't know, maybe. So anyway, where did this voice come from? This did not seem to be the response from an ET he was looking for. Bender mentally asked why whoever the voice was coming from was not friendly to him as he meant them no harm. The voice responded, quote, we have a special assignment, and we must not be disturbed by your people. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> it's so stupid. So, yes, crazy. The entity left Bender with the following oh, remark. Quote, we are among you and know your every move. Be advised, we are here on your earth. Ooh. All right, so they're obviously it's not creepy. They're not fucking around. There was no real like threat there, I guess. It was ominous, but it was like ominous. It was in there. Like, they didn't really come out and say it, but it was just like, you know what we mean. Yeah, looked at him like, 
You know. Slid his thumb on, around his throat like. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit. So after this, he opened his eyes and was back in his body. In that moment, he could have sworn he saw a figure dressed in all, all in black in the corner of the room. As he gathered himself, he saw nothing, though. Was it just a crazy dream? Maybe, but there was something about this incident he couldn't shake no matter what he did. Over the next few days, he became physically ill and could not sleep. It was as if something was sucking his life source out of him. <sighs> he wrote everything down and locked it in his safe until he could figure out what to do. He eventually decided to publish the incident in his space review. He went to get the letter he had written detailing, or written detailing his incident from the safe, but it was gone. It was gone? Gone. He was robbed. He was <laughs> They took my shit. Help. <laughs> he couldn't figure out what was going on, but he would soon get his answer. A week or so later, he had the same sort of incident he had before. He saw the blue flashing lights and ended up floating above his body again. This time, though, he was more aware and could look around the room. As he did, he saw three figures dressed all in black wearing fedoras emerging from the darkness. One of them spoke to him and said the following. Oh boy, here's a good one. <laughs> it says, quote, You have dedicated yourself to the solution of the strange problem of unidentified objects in your atmosphere. Your interest is deep and sincere, and you have devoted many hours to it. We also know that such interest and determination may lead to something that could bring you harm. We also know that you are very good. You are a very good contact for us on your planet Earth. You are an average person. <laughs> it's fucked up. You are an average person, and we know that anything we tell you will not be believed by anyone you might tell. You are not a person of great renown on your planet. Therefore, we have nothing to fear at present. We have a purpose for being here, and we will be here for some time yet. We must not be disturbed in our ultimate goal. As you see here, we are not in your natural form. We have found it necessary to take on the form of your people while we... Oh, they are not in their natural form. Sorry. We are not in our natural form. No, no. We have found it necessary to take on the form of your people while we are here. This is mainly used as a means of returning here without being detected by anyone. We have made numerous contacts on Earth with craft, and at present we have craft hidden on your planet. We have gone to great extremes at times to frighten off your Earth's people, and it resulted in their deaths. Oh my. We have also found it necessary to carry off Earth people to use their bodies to disguise our These own. fuckers are long-winded. Yeah, they, he talks a lot. We wish to keep in touch with you and tell you many things, oh. as one day you will write about this, and we are certain no one will believe you, but you will be much wiser than oh. anyone else on your planet. You will know what is out there in I like space. That they're essentially calling him an idiot. I know. Basically, like, <laughs> you're stupid. No one's going to believe you. That's why you're our guy. All right. You will know what is out there in space, and you will know what the future holds for your mankind. You will see all three of us again, but we will not tell you our names as they mean nothing to you. Okay. Refer to us as numbers one, two, and three. Ah, uh, ah, uh, uh. <laughs> It counts in the back. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. We will answer according to right. number. Okay. We will leave you with a small piece of metal similar to your coins. It is to be kept in a secure place of your own. Mm. We wish to have you come with us at the time to be announced soon. That's what he says. Okay. Pretty fucking wild. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I had something ready to go, but oh. it didn't work. Bender then woke <laughs> up and found himself clutching a strange piece of cold metal. <laughs> <laughs> there it is they and, they're, and they're gone they left. that's the that's the yeah. noise when they leave <laughs> bender then woke up and found himself clutching a strange piece of cold metal 
This made it hard for Bender to believe that this was just a sort of dream. All right, so he goes through all this. They're yeah. talking to him. Yeah, They're saying, dude, you're a fucking dipshit. No one's going to believe you. However, yeah. you're going to know our secrets. Here you go. Here's a little trinket. I wonder what it was. I don't know, but hopefully he didn't put it in a safe because that shit got disappeared last time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So after this incident, Bender seemingly went from a man hell-bent of proving Ooh. the existence of UFOs to a man who wanted nothing to do with them. His colleagues noticed this change, and everyone thought it was strange, to say the least. Yeah. All Bender w would tell everyone um, was that he was visited by three men of authority who convinced him it would be best to shut down the IFSB. The IFSB. Mm -hmm. Without yeah. giving any other explanation or reason, oh. Bender tendered his resignation as head okay. of the IFSB. All right. Author Gray Barker. What a great name. Gray Barker. Gray Barker. Wow. I actually like He sounds name. rugged. Yeah. Gray Barker here. <laughs> Babaka lemonade. <laughs> On a hot day. Pepperidge Farm. <laughs> On a hot day, you need yourself a Babaka lemonade. Anyway, I don't know. So anyway, he wrote a book about Bender's experiences in the last days of the IFSB titled, quote, the, I don't know why I quoted that. They knew too much about flying saucers. I saw the quotes. I'm just so used to it. Yeah. So that's the title you. of the book. Yeah, I would, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to end up getting that book and reading it. Did not read that. Patreon. Patreon.com. Yeah. Patreon.com. So we can buy that book. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we can do that. Yeah. It was Barker who was the first to put forth the theory. I would have helped out like a week ago. Well, late to the game, folks. So it was Barker who was the first to put forth the theory that there was a secret organization actively trying to silence those who had experienced anything having to do with UFOs. Correct. As Barker continued to dig into what had happened to Bender. See, what had happened was. Listen, folks. What had happened was these men, <laughs> these motherfuckers came down. <laughs> it was creepy. It was listening to ska music. It was weird. One had a horn. <laughs> the other one had a saxophone. I don't know. That was ridiculous. So anyway, he even became convinced that the government may have cut some kind of deal Ooh. with ETs. Ooh. He placed the blame, so to speak, for those theories on the shoulders of Dwight D. Fucking Eisenhower. And if you know your alien uh, history, you'll know that there's a significant reason for that. It was the Roswell situation, right? Well, I mean, it, we, we go into it here. So but oh, okay. there's there's a major reason why people believe that it was all Eisenhower's Dwight fault. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yes. Mm -hmm. This timeline is interesting to conspiracy theorists because at this time, Eisenhower was in the middle of his first term as president. And if you keep up with your alien shit, like Moody just said, you know that it is claimed that Eisenhower signed an official treaty with an extraterrestrial civilization at this exact time. Correct. I, oh, yeah, I do remember that. And then uh, supposedly, like, they were allowed to take a certain amount of people and we'd leave them alone and let them take whoever. And then shit got crazy after that, I guess. Barker was one of the first to bring this theory out to the mainstream. But of course he was. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What do you think so far? I'm on board. Fuck it. Well, we know you are. Never. I don't even know why I asked. While this may all seem crazy. <laughs> while this Kinda all may seem. Up, yeah. all right. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. We I all see, know that you. Now I know what you fuckers think about me. That's fine. No, you know what I think about you. And what all these other. They, I'm. It, it's fine. It's kind of it. unanimous. I get it's it. fine. It's fine. Yeah. Well, this may all seem crazy. You know, just maybe it's not as crazy as you might think. No. After Barker started talking about his theories and Eisenhower, he would soon get his own visit from the MIB. <gasps> Uh -oh. boons, boons, boons. Yeah, all right, stop it. What was that? That was the Men in Black song, but I can't do that because we just got back to New Zealand, folks. We don't want to fuck that up. Yeah, we don't want to get banned in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to do that. Thanks We're... for listening, New Zealand. Hey, New Zealand, thank you for having us again. We got banned yeah. in your country. Yeah. 
So according to Barker, a man dressed all in black showed up at his door with one of oh. Barker's brand new business cards demanding to know what the card was all about. What is this? What yeah, is so, this fucking so the card? Guy, the guy shows up and hands over his business card. It's weird, dude. This thing is like sitting funny. It's fine. I get it. Uh, you got to turn. So the dude shows up with his business card, right? And it's fine. Just leave it alone. <laughs> so the dude shows up at his door, hands him a business card and says, why the fuck do I have this? And then he goes on to explain why he has it. Why? You have the notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was enthralled by your story. I was Jeez. setting you up. That's a Jeez. classic setup. All right. So the card fuck. identified Barker as chief <clears throat> investigator for the now defunct if it's a book. Yeah. After Barker gave the man his explanation, the man told him that this card was found on a man that was admitted to a local hospital. The man had no identification on him, only the business card. The man claimed he was following the business card as a lead to find out who the man was. Barker told the man he did not know the John Doe. I don't know that motherfucker. <laughs> John who? John. John Doe? I don't know nobody by the name of Doe. Is that old man Doe? No, it can't be. So the man in black seemed to accept his answer and left his office. Um, okay. <laughs> sorry to bother well, you. If you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It dawned on Barker that it would be virtually impossible for any unknown man to have his business card as they had only been printed a couple days earlier and he had not given but a few out. Oh, my. <laughs> this shit's getting crazy. It's starting to get deep. This made it hard for Barker to swallow the excuse the man gave to be there. Yeah, he doesn't believe him, though. Right. He's like, this fucking guy's full of shit. You know, I thought about it before. Might have been plausible, but now I don't get it. Yeah. Don't doesn't, make, it. doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Mm. Yeah. At this time, even though the U.S. branch of the Ifazabo was shut down, the Australian and British branches, oh, they, they, they branched out. Fucking alien. Yeah. They had cho chosen to forge ahead. The director of the Australian branch, Edgar Gerald, would be the next to experience the MIB. Soon after Bender re resigned, Gerald began to see a black Cadillac routinely parked outside of his office. Black yeah. coat, white shoes, black hair, Cadillac. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It, it makes it all makes the, sense. The now. men in black yeah. are just fucking the, the ska genre is a cover for the men in black. I'm telling you. The you know what? Time you know what? I think the timing lines up too. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think well, it does. Check it out. I'm I telling am. you. I'm telling you. We broke this shit. Danny's there. gonna be listening to this like, God, you guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> Soon he would see. Well, we know that. Soon. <laughs> He would see the car more often with a strange pair of men dressed all in black sitting inside. It seemed every time he looked out of his window, these men were staring back at him. He began to receive strange phone calls shortly after the car started showing up. He knew that the two were connected. He then started experiencing harassment in the form of, well, poltergeist activity. Poltergeist activity? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <gasps> what? Are you having a heart attack? Scott evolved in the 50s. Oh, there it is. Yep. There you go. Yep. It, it's co all coming together, dude. <clears throat> if you guys don't listen to Scott, maybe you shouldn't because maybe that's when the men in black come. These motherfuckers, dude. Yeah. Well, this poltergeist activity here, he would hear strange, unexplained knocking sounds in and around his home. Hello. <laughs> Household items. Go. Is my dog going crazy? My Lucy Lou. <laughs> I thought I heard a bark. Crazy Lucy's going crazy. She came and said hi to me. Did she? Yeah. Did she bark at you when you came in? No. Oh, wow. No. That's funny because she barks at my daughter every time she comes home. <laughs> she can sense evil. <laughs> <laughs> so household items began to disappear and reappear in strange places. Mm. 
This strangeness continued for the next few weeks until it entered into the realm of physical violence. Uh-oh. Gerald was pushed down the stairs by an unseen force. This occurred in public at a popular department store. That's oh embarrassing. My. Yeah, right? <laughs> just fucking hanging out at Sears and you just falling so, on the steps. Yeah, so I was reading a little bit about that account, and uh, basically there was plenty of witnesses that that corroborated the fact that he didn't just, like, trip and fall. Like, he was sh- like you could see it looked like he was shoved. Wow. So that's fucking creepy. Well, that is creepy. After this incident, Gerald became a believer in the fact that there was a campaign to silence those that sought to expose information about UFOs and so, resign his post oh. at the Australian branch of the Ifazaba. Man, they're just they're falling like dominoes. I know. Just fucking dropping like flies over here. UFOs and... Oh, sorry. Bender and Gerald had frequent conversation and it is thought that Bender let Gerald in on one or more of the secrets than anyone else. Oh, my. This led many to speculate that the MIB went after the next man up in the chain of knowledge. Well, Barker, there's a chain of knowledge. Uh, yeah. Okay. Man here, and then he tells this guy, and he tells two friends. <laughs> he tells tell two friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> While Barker had changed his mind on the validity of Bender's claims of the more paranormal aspects of a story, he still believed the MIB to be a strange branch of the U.S. government. But many would speculate that Gerald's experience thousands of miles away would lend credit to the theory that the agency was more than just something from this planet. Oh, no. Yeah. So are the MIB simply humans working for the government? Aliens masquerading as humans? That is a good question. Humans masquerading as aliens? Hey. To those who have experienced these men and women, that is one of the most frustrating questions. I can imagine. Yeah. What the fuck are they? Let's find out. Should we? Well, let's see if we let's find out. let's look into it a little bit further. Let's dive deeper. Cynthia Appleton. Oh, was a British housewife with no previous interest in the paranormal. Of hello. course, with that name, hello, I'm Cynthia Appleton. <laughs> Appleton. Dude, I, I'm, getting, Apple I'm getting a picture in my head, and it is not pretty, dude. Oh, she's a 1960s a, British housewife. She's probably a beautiful woman. Inside, her tale began on November 16th, 1957. She walked into her living room and felt an immense feeling of oppression. Oh, my. Cynthia watched as an intense illumination filled her home. She then experienced the phenomenon of missing time. She looked at her clock and noticed it was an hour later than she remembered, yet she had no memory of what had transpired in that hour. Drunk and or high. <laughs> She's drunk in the middle of the day. Hey, why not? Drunk, I don't know what this is. She, was, she had a few Chardonnays and... <laughs> So, again, she looked and she didn't know where the hell time had gone. Had she been daydreaming for an hour? Is it possible? I mean, is it possible for an hour? That's kind of a long time to be daydreaming, isn't it? Uh, I'm not commenting on that. Okay. You do it all day long. (laughs) Do it for eight hours a day. (laughs) She didn't know how else to explain it, but two days later, she experienced another incident. As she went upstairs to check on her sleeping child, she stopped to admire the strange color the sky had become. Beautiful. At that time, she felt the same feeling she felt two days days earlier. Uh-oh. She then heard a strange high-pitched humming sound that seemed to come from everywhere all at once. <laughs> Gotta be so annoying. <laughs> all right, I see turn it off. <laughs> the sound intensified and it felt like it was vibrating through her body. All right. <laughs> all right, get it. <laughs> I mean, you can do what you gotta do. She said the vibration became so intense she felt as if her body would be torn apart. Then, just as quickly as it started, the phenomena ended. (laughs) She then noticed a haze swirling around the room until it started to pixelate. 
All of a sudden, a holographic projection snapped into focus of a strange man. The man was described as Nordic looking and wearing a spacesuit, which would resemble those of the Apollo missions, even though the Apollo missions were years away. Oh my God, was that making fun of the Apollo? <laughs> no. no. You just hit the wrong button. The, it was the wrong button. We got the wrong uh, Captain, Captain Big Fingers are fucking killing it over here today. I am. Ooh. So she's saying she's seeing these outfits on these guys, even though it's not. Yeah. The Apollo missions aren't so basically, for a while now. She, she described what they looked like. And then um, I guess years later, when people would be going over her accounts of what happened, they noticed that her account of what this dude looked like, the uh, the suit was eerily similar to the suits that we used on the Apollo missions. Now, how did she know that? She didn't at the time. She just described what the thing looked like, and then years later, people put it together that they were similar. Maybe we got the idea for those suits from her. It's possible. I mean, whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's where they got the design from. So she was terrified, obviously. Yeah. But the being repeatedly told her not to be afraid telepathically. Calm yourself. It's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt you. Here, feel this. <laughs> <laughs> the being informed Cynthia that it came from a planet called Garnisvarn. 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 The man then drew a holographic screen out of thin air to show her pictures of his planet and people. Yeah. Shortly after this incident, the man would return with two others known. Uh, oh, wait, wait. What is not? Oh, not. Oh, they, he returned with two others, not as holographic projections, but in Correct. a black Cadillac. There it is. It's a Scott connection again. I'm telling you, dude. The three showed up, and when Cynthia answered the door, she saw them dressed in all black attire. The Nordic-looking visitor was now there in person and dressed in full MIB garb right down to the fedora. From February to August of 1958, there were frequent visits that took on a more decidedly MIB feel to them. During the course of one visit, one of the men told her he'd been hurt and showed Cynthia his finger, which appeared to be badly burned. He asked Cynthia for only a glass of warm water. She brought him the water and he proceeded to dip his finger into the bowl, then squeeze some sort of gel on his skin and it was instantly healed. Instantly. Aloe? You think it was aloe? It could have been. It was aloe. Why not? It had been aloe. The trio then left the house. Cynthia did, then noticed that the man had left a piece of skin in the bowl of water. Ew. She, <laughs> she gathered the piece of skin, and the artifact was Ew. sent for testing. Mm. Oh. The skin was deemed not to be human, but it closely <gasps> resembled that of a pig. Oh. What are these pig people? Weird. Read on. Later, when it was found that human pig, human pig, human and pig DNA were very similar, Love some would speculate. You ever see those human pigs? I see them every day, dude. I'm sorry. I do yeah, every day. I feel that. Well, some would speculate that the skin was actually grown in a lab. The skin tissue contained proteins similar to those used to grow skin in petri dishes. Oh boy. This led to speculation that the MIB are not natural-born human beings, but clones grown in a lab. What do you think? It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, dude. It's pretty wild. That's uh so the uh the thing with her experience that a lot of people um from what I was reading a lot of people have like they I guess take issue with is maybe not the best way to put it, but I guess that's how I'm going to put it. They take issue with is the fact that pretty much every other 
incident involving the men in black has come after a UFO sighting or some sort of Oh, and she didn't see anything. They just showed and up. And they basically just showed up to her without any kind of previous incident happening. Maybe they knew she was a nice lady and that she would help fix the finger with some warm water. I, I don't know, man. It's just so that's one of the weird things about that incident that a lot of people are like, what the fuck about? Yeah, well. So. Well, if you are into aliens, and we hope you are. I am. And spacemen. Absolutely. You undoubtedly know the story of the Solway Firth Spaceman. Do you know this one? Yeah. So, no. (laughs) No. But what a lot of people don't know is that the Solway Firth incident also spawned an MIB meeting. I actually did not know this when I first did this. And I knew about the Solway Firth guy. Of course you did. But I didn't know about the uh, Men in Black incident. Of course you did. On May 24th, 1964, Jim Templeton, a firefighter from Carlisle, Cumberland, took three pictures of his daughter on a trip to Berg Marsh. I'm assuming that's all over in England. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Solway Firth, man. Okay. There was nobody else in the area. Hi, hi everyone over in England, by the way. Yeah. We yeah. got a lot of UK listeners over there, so yeah. that's really cool. So, yeah. Sorry if I'm fucking up all the names and shit. And they're like, what do you Send mean? Send all know? hate mail. <laughs> So there was nobody else in the area except two old women sitting in a parked car at the far end of the marsh. When he went to get the pictures, the clerk who gave him his photos back made a remark about how the pictures were great, but that it was a shame that one of the best ones was ruined by the man in the background wearing a spacesuit. Hmm. <laughs> That'd be a weird thing to hear. Yeah. He pulled out the pictures and was shocked to see that what the clerk had said was indeed true. Yes, it was. You could see the picture with his own eyes. Yeah. He saw the picture of his daughter with what truly looked like a man in a spacesuit right behind her, looking right at the camera. Yep. Jim was confused and alarmed, so he went to the police station to see if they could clear this up. <laughs> Boy. The police were baffled as well. Shocker. They, they were confused, yeah. yes. The photo was sent to a lab where it was determined that the photo did not contain any double exposure or nope. any kind of superimposed photo, so it nope. was original, yeah. untouched. The no man Photoshop the picture, here, buddy. The man in the picture had to have been present at the time of the picture being taken. He brought presents? Maybe. What kind of presents? I don't know. Oh. Some good liquor, hopefully. <laughs> It'd be great. Mm-hmm. Aliens, please, if you're mm-hmm. out there and you want to sponsor a podcast. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be amazing. Anyway, the man in the image was indeed there in real life when the picture was taken. Theories began to pour in. Many claim that the individual was not detectable by the human eye because it was popping in and out of dimensional space so fast that it was only detectable by the split-second timing of Jim's camera shutter. Damn. After the story gained traction and speculation ran wild, the MIB made a visit. Oh, boy. Yeah, here it goes. These fucking guys. Yep. Later that summer, they received a phone call from a man saying he had some questions about the photo and was interested in investigating the incident. See, I'd like to ask you a few questions. (laughs) See? (laughs) Hey, you got a photo, yeah. We hear you got some pictures, man. We'd like to see those pictures, sir. So Jim was interested in getting to the bottom of the incident and agreed to talk to the man. Sure. A couple days later, a black car pulled up to Jim's house and two men dressed all in uh, black. They have checkered ties by chance. (laughs) Suspenders. (laughs) That'd be fucking awesome. Ah. So anyway, he came to the door. They were polite at first, but as the conversation went on, the men seemed to become irritated and were demanding that Jim get into their car and take them to the spot where the incident happened. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. They oh, wanted oh. to see that shit. He agreed and got into the car with the men, which sounds like a very odd thing to do. Yeah, I was going to say, it seems like a great idea. Yeah. When they got to the spot, the MIB started grilling Jim about every detail of the day. 
They even asked about seemingly menial details such as exact weather conditions and even what wildlife was present at the time of the photo. I mean, obviously they're trying to put pieces together. Right? It's a very important part yeah. of the puzzle. Right. They seem to be specifically interested in the behavior of any cows and sheep at the scene. The men then essentially accused Jim of lying when they started to continuously ask him who the man in the photo really was. Who is he? <laughs> Who's you, the guy? You know he is. You know who he is. We know you're lying. We're the cows. We're the cows. <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, yeah, they're getting kind of pissed off at him. When Jim answered that he had no idea who or what the man was, the men eventually looked at one another and just shrugged. <laughs> and the men turned yeah. and walked back to the car. Jim watched as the men got into the the dumb we got into the car, dumbfounded at what had just transpired, and realized the men were about to leave him. He shouted after the men and jogged towards the car, but the two men just took off at a high rate of speed, leaving Jim there by himself. Thank you. <laughs> Jim then had to walk several miles back home by himself. Oh, what a bunch of dicks. No, right? <laughs> They fucking pick him up, take him out there, fucking berate him for a while, and then just fucking leave I just, him. I could just see it in my, in my head. Leave him they're just, he's in the middle of the two in the yeah. front seat, and they're like, who is he? Who's this guy? Tell me who he is. Where's the cows? Where's he going? What's going on? What's going on? There were no cows. Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, you don't know? No. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Get out. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? So on August 3rd, 1965, that's a great date, by the way. Why is that? Because that's also my birthday. That was when Chainsaw turned 62, I think. And a half. Oh, nice. Yeah, 62 and a half. Okay. I'm pretty that's sure. your birthday? August 3rd, yeah. Uh, yeah. Shows how much I care. <laughs> so this is 1965. Rex Heflin was running the road as a California highway inspector. Ooh. Okay, so he's checking shit out. His name is Rex. Good name. Yeah, that's it's your boy's name, name, right? It's my boy's yeah. name. Strong name. It's a good strong, strong name. Strong, manly name. That's right. That's right. God damn it. He was concerned that a tree <laughs> had fallen in front of a railroad crossing sign. Did anyone hear it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Heflin was afraid people would not slow down and use caution, so he radioed to dispatch to have them send a tree removal crew. Okay? Reasonable request. Yeah, a bunch of idiots out there. When he tried to send this message, message, he realized the airwaves were dead. Oh, my. He had thought this was a temporary issue, so he tried again. Just then, he noticed something out of the corner of his eye. When he turned to look, he saw an unidentified object moving across the sky in his direction. It was very close to him, yet it made no sound. He estimated that this floating skyscraper, as he called it, was about 150 feet in length. That's a long... That's pretty big. It's long, yeah. Yeah, that's big. He quickly snapped three photos of the craft before it left his field of vision. Mm. Many say these photos were the best detailed close-up photos of a UFO ever taken. The pictures show detailed close-ups of complex machinery on the bottom of the craft as well as a searchlight shining down onto the road. All of these things would have been pretty hard to hoax back in 1965, which is true. Yeah. It'd be hard to do yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Do we have a picture of that? Do we, do we, so I is, looked is for him. I looked for him and uh, oh, okay. Um, I looked for him and I found I found some when I, when I googled uh, like Heflin UFO pictures like some random pictures came up, but they didn't look anything like what it was described. So I'm gonna have to look into it a little bit more. But I'll find them and post them. Were there any cows in the photos? There were not. <sighs> there was a couple of sheep floating though. Oh, okay. Well, then this might be the same one. <laughs> so Heflin himself was actually not that impressed with the photos, as he thought that what he had seen was just some as yet unknown military or government craft. 
very grounded, reasonable, logical, response. logical yeah. man. That's how what logical. you would have thought. For like, correct. I'd have been like, meh. It's it's the fucking. There's a reason for it. Correct. His friends, however, did not share his view and convinced Heflin to take the photos to the papers. Once the photos were out for all to see, Heflin's life began to change. Soon he was being bombarded by UFO researchers asking what he'd seen. Then he had to deal with officials from local military bases asking to examine the pictures. After seeing the pictures, the military officials handed them back to Heflin. But this would not be the last, quote, government official Heflin would encounter. <laughs> so basically... <laughs> this again. So basically, they uh, they all wanted to see the pictures because they were like, wait, was it one of ours? Like, did someone get out that wasn't supposed to get out? Like, what the fuck? And basically, when they determined... <laughs> let, me, let me see that. Yeah, when they determined that it had nothing to do with them, they were like, here you go. Here's your pictures back. We, we don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. So soon after the military brass examined the photos, Heflin was approached by a man claiming to be from the North American Air Defense Command, or NORAD. NORAD. North American Air Defense Command. That's a weird no. No red is kind of weird. Nor I guess is north. Uh, A is American, and then D is defense. What's Nor- the R? N O R North. Oh oh oh. So north north. They just made it so it, they just like winged it so it would make something. They're like I don't know, just pick some shit that makes a word. Oh okay, well whatever. Because <clears throat> if it was North American, what is it? It would be the NADC. Yeah, see, it doesn't fit. <laughs> NADC. No one wants to be the NADCA. No, no, not just NADCA. The NADCA. Two yeah. A's. Oh, two A's. Two A's, yeah. Yeah, see, no one wants that. NADCA. Yeah. <laughs> so the man was dressed typically of the MIB. You know mm. you know how they look, like Sky Guys. Like they just came from a Boston show? A- absolutely. <laughs> and flashed some sort of official-looking badge. Oh. The man claimed he needed to borrow the pictures for study. Since the other military officials had returned them, he didn't hesitate uh, to loan them to the man. He said, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, they don't have it. It seems like a reasonable thing to do. Yeah, like, he, he, he seems like a very reasonable guy. He does. Like, all right, cool. So, after several weeks of no contact or word on when he would get the, his pictures back, he contacted NORAD. When he called, though, he was guaranteed no representative of theirs had visited Heflin. <gasps> they told him that, in fact, they were not responsible for the evaluation of UFOs and therefore would have no need to collect pictures of said UFOs. Oh my. No pictures needed. Heflin then realized the man who took the photos was, in fact, an imposter. But who was he and where was he from? Since, interesting. Yes. It's a good question. Since this incident, through the Freedom of Information Act, there have been several memo, memos uncovered that showed that the U.S. government was just as confused and interested in the MIB tale and were actively seeking to unmask the imposter. Oh boy. So much so that an official memo from the Air Force was titled Impersonation of Air Force Officers. Okay, okay. This memo showed that the Air Force did not know who this person was and that they were concerned that he had passed himself off as a no, no, NORAD, no, NARAD, whatever it is, official. <laughs> NARAD, <laughs> NARAD. The memo mentions Heflin's encounter and another subsequent incident involving a man dressed in fatigues, intimidating civilians, and even police officers that had witnessed a UFO. You saw nothing, see? <laughs> the imposter informed them that they did not see what they thought they saw and that they should not speak of the incident. They did not know the identity of the imposters. It was a bird. You didn't <laughs> see what you think it was. It was man, that's a, a big-ass bird, man. You ever seen a whooping crane? <laughs> whooping. No? Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
The memo implored any Air Force personnel that witnessed uh, that witnessed this uh, type of activity or hear others talk about it to send all reports to the Office of Special Investigations or the OSI. Yeah, the okay. OC. The yeah, OC. Yeah. That same year, the University of Colorado began the Condon Report, led by Edward oh, Condon. Oh, this is infamous. We've actually discussed this. Yes. The Condon, Maria, At back one point, we, we did. did. Would we do, uh, was this from Area 51? No. <laughs> maybe. A, maybe aliens way back. It had to do with, it, it definitely is aliens. Yeah. It sought to investigate <clears throat> the best information from the Air Force's own investigations of UFOs, Project Blue Book. <laughs> Everybody knows what that is. Absolutely. Heflin's UFO sighting and subsequent meeting with the MIB would be one of many subjects in the Condon Report. In fact, one investigator who was charged with interviewing Heflin says that his incident was one of the top in the report. Yeah. So, Moody, Mr. Moody, do me a favor. Yeah, yeah. Explain to our listeners what Project Blue Book is. That was the... <laughs> so what I look for it just said what Project Blue Book was. Why do I have to explain? Go, it? go more in depth with it. It was the Air Force's looking like was their like whole uh fucking uh god damn it. What is what is it? <laughs> it's uh, it was the Air Force and uh other agencies looking into all the UFO activities. Right. It was the code name for the system a systematic study of unidentified yeah. flying objects by it the Air their, Force. It was their major like inquiry, so right. to speak, into UFO phenomena. And it went from March of 1952 to its termination in uh, December of 1969. Right. And it was headquartered at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base right here in fucking Ohio. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Is that Dayton? Uh, I think that's in Dayton. It might be Dayton. Yeah. And it was initially directed by Captain Edward J. Ruppelt. Yeah, Rupert. I think we talked about, did we talk about this? That one might have been Area 51 when we talked about I this. I think so, yeah. And followed projects of similar nature, such as Project Sign, established in 47, Project Grudge in 48. Project Blue Book had two goals, namely to determine if UFOs were a threat to national security. Correct. And to scientifically analyze UFO-related data. And this is when you get into like, yeah, it's you can go deep into Project Blue Book. Right. And this is a lot of the stuff that was like always, that just recently declassified and shit too. Like there was some stuff from that. And, right. Yeah. I just figured we'd give everyone a refresher. <clears throat> sure. Just a refresher. Sure. So oddly enough, the MIB seemed to take notice of the new attention as well. In the middle of the Condon investigation, the MIB paid Heflin a second visit. This time they pulled up in a pitch black vehicle and two men in Air Force uniforms got out. Oh, that's, that's different. Yeah. So they showed up in the black car. Air Force uniforms now, huh? Air Force. The two men immediately began hounding him about recent UFO sightings in the area and also... Hey, hey, (laughs) Poking him. What do you know? Pushing each other back and forth. You heard about this one? Did you hear about that one? Like Night at the Roxbury? (laughs) What are you doing? You want to dance? Do you want to dance? Do you want to dance? Did you hear about that UFO? (laughs) You heard about that one? Did you know about that one? But they oddly brought up people missing in UFO incidents. At the the Bermuda Triangle. Hey, hey, did you hear about the Bermuda Triangle? You know about that? You heard about that, huh? Huh? You know about people disappearing in the Bermuda Triangle, huh? Huh? Can't believe my mouth like just hated that word Bermuda. It was like Bermuda. Make good shorts in Bermuda. Yeah, and by the way, you guys can go back and listen to our Bermuda uh, Triangle. We did do a Bermuda Triangle. That was fun. That was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. The two men entered his home, and Heflin could feel a strange charge in the air, and his radio started crackling and popping. Mm -hmm. Heflin says that while the two men did not directly threaten him, he recalls that their whole demeanor was threatening. And while they continually discussed UFO incidents that were not directly related to him, he says they became increasingly agitated and angry. As they went on, 
Heflin could not get a word in. <laughs> Bermuda Triangle, baby. I, Bermuda Triangle. I was, it would, but it could, hey, the Bermuda no, Triangle. Was, Tell us where the no, Bermuda Triangle is. Look, I'll was, break your fucking, I'll I kill was, your fucking mother, no, you little fucking a, fuck. <sighs> I don't know why I brought up the guy's mother. That's yeah, fucking that horrible. He said he didn't threaten him. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I guess. I would have. Anyway, he insisted on knowing the full name and ranks of the men in his house. He was actually surprised when the two men divulged to uh, the info to him. Okay? Yeah, they gave him names and ranks. Right. So when he contacted the Air Force, they could uh, they could find nobody matching the names and ranks of the two men that they had given him. Of course. Of course. Duh. Of course, they're going to be like, ah, my name's, name's uh, John Johnson. <laughs> I'm a corporal. I'm John Joe. You may have heard of me. <laughs> yes, we're both named John. <laughs> next up here. But hold on. Before we go into this next one. Yeah. That, that I mean that's so the difference in this one is they showed up in fatigue. So can they do they yeah, that change? Was a, that was a, so basically this is um, this is kind of a when people started wondering like what kind of like basically what their game was like are they are they really part of the government or are they posing as part of the government to try to give themselves basically like throw people off their scent like if we if we make people think we're Air Force or whatever, maybe the you know just kind of throw them off the scent of what we really are. Like people started speculating on that end. So does it is it possible that maybe they're starting to get a little smarter instead of just showing up in like you know black coat, watch you get yeah, black. Do you possible. think they're you know like hey if, you know if we dress in fatigues they may believe that we yeah, are. Why actually... don't we start dressing like Air Force dudes yeah. and maybe shut off real big fish when we pull up to the house? <laughs> Mingmak, I believe that if we dressed in uh, the fatigues of the humans. They would be more apt to tell us what we need to know. It's possible. <laughs> I like how Ming Mok's a stoner. <laughs> All right. So next up, let's talk about the one and only John Keel. It's your boy. All right. This is from your neck of the woods. Yes. And if you guys go all the way back to, I think, our second or third episode ever, we discussed the Mothman, right? We did. We did. Well, you did. And, well, he's one of my favorite cryptids ever. Yeah. Like, love it. I mean, first of all, it happened in West Virginia. Yeah. I'm from West Virginia. You you might be the Mothman's baby, is what I heard. Um, You haven't seen my ass. It's possible. <laughs> Just saying. Whatever. Anyway, so Keel was the first person to use the term men in black. He coined it. That's right. Keel's association with the men in black began on December 15th, 1966. A group of West Virginia teens were hanging out in an area called the TNT area. I believe area. they were a hooting and a hollering. <laughs> out there swarping it up. <laughs> swarping? <laughs> That's right, swarping. Is that a real thing? Yeah. Never done out there, <laughs> them fellas down there swarping. Okay. Nah, whatever. Sure. It's a West Virginia thing. I guess. You wouldn't know anything about no, it. No, I wouldn't. All right, listen, <laughs> if we have any West Virginia listeners out there, which I really hope we do, please get, have my back on swarping. <laughs> you guys know. You guys know about this. You got to let us know. You know. You know what all about it is. Anyway, so anyway, they're hanging out at this place called the TNT area. Parked on the spot, uh, the spot they were hanging out. Um, you know, just being typical teenagers when they spotted something in the rearview mirror. They saw an entity standing seven foot tall. It had moth-like wings wrapped around its body and eyes that glowed red through the darkness. The driver slammed on the gas and took off, driving to the police station to report what they had seen. The deputy who took the report, while weary of entering such details into an official police report. <laughs> he, he's, he's like, man, I don't want to look like an asshole. <laughs> he's like, I'm not writing this shit down. Now, Fowler, let me ask you a question. Uh, you, how much moonshine do you have on you right now? Are you drunk and or <laughs> Are high? Are you drunk and or high? 
So anyway, he was weary about it. You know, didn't want to put that in there. Anyhow, he knew these kids well and knew that they were not the sort to make up stories for, you know, no fucking reason. He could also tell that these kids were frightened out of their minds. The deputy offered to go back to the site with the kids, but their search turned up nada. The next morning, similar reports were popping up all over the area. The locals had also um, also already come up with a name for the beast. And, uh, oh, yeah? I wonder, what, what could that be? Oh, um, uh, Bug Dude? No. No. Uh, bug dude's not, no, it doesn't have enough. It's not menacing enough, Bug Dude. Um, uh, I don't know. What was it? It's uh, the Mothman. Oh, because that sounds way cooler than Bug Dude. Well, it says man in it. <laughs> Kill became famous for reporting these incidents with the Mothman. It was also while investigating and reporting on the Mothman that Keel came face to face with the men in black. And again, we touched on this a little bit when we did the Mothman episode. Yes. Oddly enough, before he would hear of the men in black, Keel would get reports of a woman in black. Yeah. The woman would show up at witnesses' houses holding a clipboard and would introduce herself as an associate of Keel's and badger the witnesses about UFOs and other paranormal happenings. Just like the MIB. What a <laughs> Listen, Roseanne Cash, calm down. Anyway, just like the MIB, she seemed to have an uncanny knowledge of the witnesses' lives and would make them uneasy by revealing details of their health and lifestyle. Hey, I heard you saw the Mothman, and you have a bad appendix. <laughs> so what's this what? about seeing a large man and you masturbating seven times a day? Um... <laughs> I'll keep my secrets if you, you keep would be, yours. <laughs> you would be best to put this incident behind you and your neighbors won't find out about your gonorrhea. Yeah, and throw your socks away. They're disgusting. Anyway, that's gross. <laughs> Ladies out there are going, oh, come on. <laughs> so anyway, this lady, she's badgering people, right? She's coming in. Our first female. Yeah. First female. So far, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, so anyway. Actually, so I, I, let me throw something out there real quick. You said the first female. I guess um, in the earlier incidents that Bender fella uh, did say that uh, it was either Bender or the first guy said that when they did show up, there was three of them and they were accompanied by three women, like okay. dressed like basically. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So. There were there were other women. They weren't women in black though. They were dressed in like white, like tight white outfits or something. He said, "Tidy whiteies." I'm picturing like the weird fucking nurses from Silent Hill, maybe. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Or the drogues. What the fuck is that? What from a Clockwork Orange? The white outfits they have. Oh, oh, <laughs> drogues. Yeah, no, I got you. Yeah. So several people wrote to Keel asking him to please stop sending his secretary around to question Quit him. Send this bitch <laughs> to my house. This bitch is mean. <laughs> she already talking about my gonorrhea. You know what I mean? Like, she's trying to put my shit out there. I don't want my shit out there. <laughs> Can we just please? So Keel informed them that he certainly had no secretary or anyone else working for him, and that he was extremely confused by the situation. I don't know that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Prank collar, click. <laughs> the experiences with this uh, this WIB were accompanied by the typical sightings of the black Cadillacs of the MIB, which were seen roaming the streets at all hours of the day. Men dressed all in black would park the cars and get out and canvas the area. They claimed to be census takers, various types of federal employees, and social workers. <laughs> like picturing, like, we're laughing about the Scott thing, but I'm like picturing just like the Blues Brothers getting out of the car, just like... <laughs> 
What'd Jake, you see? Jake and Elwood get out. What did you see? <laughs> We're on a mission uh, from God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get my cheese whiz, boy. Orange whip, orange whip, orange whip. <laughs> oh my God! If you haven't seen the Blues Brothers, I fucking dis disown oh, all of you. Anyway, Jesus Christ, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm at right now in my head. And I, I get it. I get it. So they claim to be, again, all these different employees or whatever, federal or whatever. So one popular tactic of these MIB Ooh. was to pound on someone's door only to ask for a glass of water. <laughs> and not to mention the Mothman at all. No, they would say that they would like literally like violently and like loudly just pound on someone's door until they answer the door. And then just ask them for a cup of water. And then, thanks. And then walk away. Hey. Just like fucking with him, dude. Um, it's like shit you do when you're in high school. Can I, can I just have a glass of water? <laughs> what? No, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> so as the sightings of the Mothman became more frequent, so did the MIB sightings and incidents. The MIB seemed to become increasingly hostile in their approach. <laughs> One high school student was even the target of a kidnapping by these MIB. She got away, but later that evening, a note slipped under her door that read, quote, Be careful, girl. I can get you yet. That's oh my. kind of fucking yikes. Correct. That is that is not that's not a good thing. It's not the note I want to have. No. As the principal investigator of the Mothman incidents, Keel became a target for the MIB as well. Of course. After leaving West Virginia, the MIB followed him back to New York. Keel often mentioned MIB types following him around Manhattan. He once received a, received a phone call asking him to meet and discuss his work. When he went to Long Island, the MIB told him to end his inquest into the Mothman or something bad would happen to him. Ooh, there's a threat. Yep. He would eventually come into contact with an MIB who claimed his name was... A-pole. A-pole. A-hole? A-pole. A-hole. So basically, there was a, <laughs> there was a woman that uh, had some incidents, and she's the one that got contacted by this uh, MIB... That called himself a pole and like she had her little incident with him and then she ended up getting um two of them in contact i guess basically so there's there's more about this incident but i just i kind of kept A-Pole? it to, i kept it to john keel and i didn't go into the uh, right. just i didn't go into the incidents with a pole and the woman i don't know if that's how it's spelled that's how it was uh, the the thing that i was listening to that's how it was pronounced so i'm assuming i spelled it how it was pronounced oh what, what was the in uh, the moth man what was the uh Remember the phone kept ringing at his hotel? And what that was his name? Voice. Yeah, what was his name? I don't remember. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. I it, We'll get it. You don't have to tweet us or anything or, or message us. Or <laughs> no one yeah, messages yeah, yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. They don't care enough. You know damn well someone on Facebook can be like, oh, it's this. Oh, well, this guy. That's oh, why I always yeah. post it afterwards. We figured it out five minutes later. Yeah. It's okay. Well, by the way, and before we go any further in this, we do have to tell... The how to know if you're a the joke yeah yes, the, the riddle joke, the right. riddle I'm the gonna riddle. save it till the end again we'll save it to the Ooh, end I promise we'll get to it All right, this we'll, we'll definitely get to it yes sorry about that <laughs> so anyway a pole over here he told Keel that he was trapped in time and forced to jump about from the past to the future that, that there's another layer of the right here is another layer of the MIB yeah. enigma Keel would later claim that he believed the MIB were a whole other level of entity from somewhere just beyond our perception. These beings he termed ultra-terrestrials ultra. while searching to uncover the mystery of what was happening in West Virginia. Keel seems to have deepened it even more. Yeah. So he's actually really good at, like, aiming these things, too. He was like, here's the mystery. Fuck you. Now you got to figure it out even more. Right. He's just sitting back, and he's like, hmm, what's a good name right. for these guys? Yes. Yeah. Ult 
I got it. Ultra terrestrials. Yeah. And he probably had a little button in the back that goes. Dun, dun, dun. Maybe. Right. Or a kazoo. Or a kazoo. <laughs> At least he brought his. So we wanted to give you. <laughs> so we wanted to give you sort of the history, the beginnings of the MIB phenomenon. Yeah, I thought that would be more. I thought that would be more interesting than the same old shit rehashed right. over and over. No, it's good because a lot of people don't know those stories. Right. Like but they then, might. They might have heard of like. A lot of people have heard of like that Bender guy, and and he had some incidents. And a lot of people heard of that first story, um, the guy on the boat, Endred Cold. That was his name in yes. Mothman. Didn't, he was like, didn't that mean something though? It was, was like, like an anagram or some shit. What's in your shoe? No, he, he hid the shoe. He's like he, he's like on the phone and he like hides his shoe and he puts mm-hmm. something in it or whatever. And all of a sudden he goes, chapstick. Yeah. yeah and it was yeah. like the creepiest yeah. shit in the world. God, I love that movie. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so I just wanted to do something a little bit like I, I wanted to kind of get into the, more the history of where they came from and, and, and talk about Keel and how he coined the term men in black and and. Just to show that it was like the men in black were involved and way more things that like you hear about, but you you might not know that the men in black were involved, like the Solway Firth incident. Like I had known about that for years and I didn't realize that the men in black were involved in that. Yeah, it's it's crazy to me that so many people have actually had um yeah. interactions with these things. Yeah, yeah. These beings, mm-hmm. if you will. The Mibs. The Mibs. The previous timeline is essentially the beginnings of the MIB lore until they officially got their name. Since Keel coined the term and had his own crazy story with the MIB sightings and visits, you know, they've continued, you know, to the modern day kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah. You still hear about them. Right. Not as much. It seems like you don't hear about them as much anymore. Well, Ska's kind of going away. You know what I mean? Like it, <laughs> There was that slight revival in the 90s. There was a little bit. So there was probably more than I guarantee yeah, it. Dude. If you Dude, look, if you look it up right I'm now, I'm gonna go fucking look that you up. You look it up, and I guarantee there's more sightings. Men in, the in 90s. black sightings in the mid, early yep. to mid '90s. Absolutely. So next up, we have a couple. <laughs> <laughs> we have a couple more crazy tales of more recent MIB encounters. Yeah. So Paul Miller was oh. returning home after a hunting trip when they saw a quote luminous disc in the sky. Ooh. The disc landed in an empty field. And two humanoids emerged from the craft. Oh, this dude, this dude's awesome. If this is the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> Miller fired his gun at them. <laughs> he just started shooting. And believed to have injured one when he fled down a rural road in his car. I mean, if you have a gun and you're out hunting or whatever, would you? Would you just shoot at it? <laughs> no. You would? That wouldn't be my first thing. Like, this dude's like, oh, shit, look, it's a UFO. There's some aliens. Oh, fuck, I'm going to shoot them. Like, that would definitely not be my first course of action. I can't say the same. No, I know. I know you would. <laughs> just shoot now and ask questions later. Just running like, oh, fuck, 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 <laughs> Not even looking. No. Putting a gun over my shoulder. <laughs> I think now, I hit one. However, in that moment, he realized he had lost time. It was almost oh. three hours later when he first encountered the craft. He shrugged it off and went back to his Air Force job the next day. Air Force job. Mm. (laughs) However, upon entering work, he was immediately confronted by three men in black suits. They told him that they, uh, quote, had his file. Despite having told nobody about the event, the event, the men said that they, quote, knew all about it and mentioned that the encounter would be best forgotten. Paul says, quote, they seem to know everything about me where I worked my name, everything else. They also asked questions about his experiences as if they already knew the answers. Then why are they asking the questions? Yeah, you know, it's, it's you know, psychologically, they're, you know, like, we want to see if you're telling us the truth. We are, we already know. Yeah. Okay. I know you 
So that's so basically like how you lie to your kids to get them to tell you the truth. Correct. By telling them you know what happened. Exactly. You want them to tell you. Like, listen, I know who broke the damn thing. Right. And they're like, no, it wasn't me. Stop lying to me. S- stop lying. Yeah. I know who did it. Right. I know who did it. Okay, it was me. Yeah, that's good. And you walk out of the room like, damn, I didn't know he did it. <laughs> like, oops. Thought it was the other one. Yeah, I thought it was the other one. Jesus. Miller, terrified, did not come forward about his experience until years later. Yeah, so it took a while yeah, for I mean, him to come it out. Would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, little, a little sketchy, especially, especially, for, for, especially yeah. if you're in the Air Force and it happened at work. Like, he, there's a lot of weird shit he could. And let's not forget, he fucking shot one of them. He did shoot. You know at, what I mean? He did shoot at them. They're probably pissed. Oh, they're down they're there. not happy about right, it. Right, they're down there looking at plant life and this motherfucker's firing off on him. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're not coming back here, man. You know, you heard Glork. <laughs> we're not he, happy with you. He was the nice one. <laughs> he had five Glocks at home. <laughs> All right. So Danny Gordon was a radio personality who became interested <laughs> in a flurry of Wythe County UFO sightings. Ooh. Yeah. Who wouldn't be interested in Wythe County UFO I know. sightings? I totally am. I mean, <laughs> obviously. Multiple people across the county claim to have seen bizarre objects in the sky, mm. and Gordon decided to investigate. Well, good for him. Good on you, Gordon. Gordon became... Someone's got to do it. Right. He became obsessed with getting photos of the objects, including one time when an entire school bus of students saw the UFOs flying over a shopping mall as Gordon took photos. <laughs> they just wanted to go to the fucking Gap, man. Yeah, you know, get themselves some, some chinos. Right? <laughs> Z Cavaricis. <laughs> get themselves some new suspenders. Some Zubaz. <laughs> Eventually, Gordon snapped a few photos at extremely close range that allegedly verified they were not of this world. Oh, my. However, strange things began to happen to Gordon here. Oh. He received a phone call from a man who claimed to be, quote, ex-military and warned him, warned him, warned him, warned him that his research could, quote, cost him everything and urged him to stop for, quote, his family's sake. Gordon was also interviewed by two men in black suits who claim to work for a magazine publication. What do you know about ska? <laughs> Who's your favorite ska band? That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after the interview, Gordon realized all his photos were missing. He contacted the magazine for information and they claimed to have never heard of him, much less commissioned an article about him. Oh, yeah. Not long after, Gordon suffered a heart attack and his doctor warned him that all the research and stress was jeopardizing his health. Gordon gave up the story and was never bothered again. Yeah, pretty wild. Do you think maybe they gave him a heart attack? Like, maybe they somehow induced a heart attack on him if they could do all this crazy other shit? I don't see why not. Maybe they got to the doctor too. I mean, if you're like, able to you tell this motherfucker <laughs> that if he doesn't stop, he's going to have another heart attack and die. He's <laughs> fucking roughing him up outside. Slapping him around. Yeah. <laughs> Give him the old paintbrush. Forcing a trombone up his ass. <laughs> so Dr. Herbert Hopkins was working as a consultant on a UFO case in Maine. So this is Dr. <laughs> Herbert Hopkins. One evening... He received a phone call from someone purporting to be an activist in the UFO community, okay. asking him if he could visit Hopkins oh. to discuss the case. Only minutes later, the man arrived. Minutes later? Minutes. The man was wearing a black suit and black tie and had a very unusual facial appearance <laughs> with no hair nor eyebrows. Oh. And he was an extremely pale figure. He could dance like a motherfucker. <laughs> Hopkins' dog began barking erratically the minute the man entered the home. 
After the bizarre visitor was finished questioning him about the UFO case, the visit got even stranger. Here's how it went down according to the website, The Night Sky. Quote, the men in black informed Hopkins that there were two coins in Hopkins' pocket, which was correct, and asked him to remove one. Hopkins complied and held the coin, a shiny new penny in the palm of his hand. The MIB told Hopkins to watch the coin closely. After a few moments, moments the coin took on a silvery appearance and then appeared to be going out of focus. It then began to fade and eventually disappeared altogether. The MIB informed Hopkins that the coin would never be seen, quote, on this plane again. He then inquired as to whether Hopkins was familiar with alleged UFO abductee Barney Hill. David Blaine? <laughs> I think it was more of that, well, you saw what I did to that penny, right? It was Chris Angel? <laughs> yeah. You see what happened to that penny, and uh, you keep fucking talking, and your ass is going to be gone, too. It's fucking street magic. <laughs> so they asked if they knew about abductee uh, Barney Hill, and we talked about Barney Hill. Barney and, and Betty. Yes. Hopkins replied that he had heard of Hill, but was under the impression that he had died in the not-too-distant past. The MIB informed Hopkins that that was correct. Quote, Barney didn't have a heart attack, said the MIB. <laughs> Just like you no longer have a coin. And it should be noted that Barney Hill actually died of... Yeah, he, he actually died of a cerebral hemorrhage. Oh. And the MIB then so gently... he didn't just disappear in front of his wife. Right. Okay. The MIB then gently suggested that Hopkins destroy any material he had related to the UFO case. So it was one of those, again, you saw what happened to that. Yeah. You heard what happened to him. Yeah. We will fuck you up. I want a fucking visit from these assholes. Come to my fucking house. Why, so Come they, and see me. So they can just take you? <laughs> sure. Whatever. <laughs> take me away. Come and fucking find me. If you're out there, you, you could definitely, you Where, could hear me. Are you calling Come out fucking, the, the men in black right now? I am fucking calling them out, dude. Oh, shit. We'll fuck you up. Wow. I can't believe this is happening right now. You hear this, folks. You hear what's happening I'm right now. calling them out. Mr. Moody is calling out I'm the men in black. calling them out, dude. First Joe Rogan, now the men in black. <laughs> Never got anywhere with Joe Rogan, did we? Yeah, he's a little more popular. God, he would hurt me so bad, though. So Hopkins, extremely shaken by the encounter, followed the advice of the man and burned all of the files he had related to the case. While he had repeated phone troubles after, you know, um, after the case or whatever, he never saw the man again. Not after he burned his shit. Right. And here's a final fun one. This one you guys are going to love. From none other than one of my favorite actors of all time. Yeah. It's the one and only Dan Aykroyd. Speak the Blues Brothers. What'd we say earlier? Fuck, it's all connected. It's freaking Elwood Blues. It's all fucking connected, dude. Yep. In 2002, Aykroyd was working on a documentary for the Sci-Fi Channel with a number of recognized names in the world of ufology. Is it uf- ufology? Yeah, yeah. ufology. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Inclu- or ufology, if you want to <laughs> sound like an idiot. Not <laughs> <laughs> there, ufology. Including Linda Moulton Howe, Stephen Greer, and John Mack. They had mm-hmm. filmed eight episodes of a series that was uh, close to airing. So he's like a huge. Oh, he's dude. He's had experiences. He'll talk about he's it. All, like he's all like 100%. Oh, yeah. He's like, all in. Yeah. So one day after filming, Aykroyd stepped outside for a cigarette and answered a phone call from Britney Spears, who wanted to talk about an upcoming SNL episode. <laughs> I, I don't know how true that is, but that's what it's a kind of an odd phone call. Yeah. Well, he was on the phone. He said he turned and looked out onto 42nd Street in New York and noticed a black SUV bumping hit me baby one more time with a tall man dressed in black and giving him a dirty look okay they, they weren't bumping hit me baby one more time no it was clearly ska music right <laughs> Aykroyd turned away 
and then did a uh, double take within a matter of a second and the car had actually vanished so he was like what the fuck is that and it turned away right oh, yeah. <laughs> two hours later Ackroyd and the cast were told the show had been cancelled completely and would never air to this day they were never given a reason why crazy so what do we think about that that's awesome I think it's great because I mean what the why would the fuck would Dan Ackroyd lie the hell would you know he seems like a very trustworthy f- fella. Just seems weird of all things. Dude, he's into all that crazy Maybe shit. Maybe he was too. Britney Spears' dad. Her, he's kind of a dick. <laughs> he's standing out there in like a ska outfit, kind of looking at Dan Aykroyd, like, Mm-mm. not with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> don't you try to poke Yeah, her. but that was for Sunday Live. It wasn't for his show. Oh, yeah. I guess I don't you know. know. What I mean, yeah. I don't know. So, yes. what in the fuck are the men in black? I don't know. Are they humans? Maybe. Aliens? Possibly. Interdimensional beings? Absolutely. Clones made in a lab? Mm. Are they trying to bring back the ska movement? <laughs> it's, it's, I think so, for sure. Okay, well, who I knows? think we've busted this wide open. Yeah. I think we can all agree by now. It's definitely, it's definitely. If you look at all thing. the different waves of ska, it, it coincides with the major sightings of, uh, of the men in black. 100%. Yeah. I believe that, that we know where we're at now. We know yeah. where we're at. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm gonna have to listen to Scott all week long. Now that's fine. Yep. You're gonna get paid a visit by the man black. <laughs> that may be. Maybe that's how you get. That's how you do it. I don't know though. Then Danny would have definitely had an encounter. Maybe she didn't. Hadn't told that's you. That's true though. Or maybe she didn't. Didn't realize it because she was around it so much. Right. See, things are falling in line, dude. She's gonna hate me after this episode. <laughs> you need more. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah obviously. Okay. So who knows what the hell these guys are, but they are <clears throat> thought um, that people out there who are sure they are known to two people out there that you know, honestly believe they exist. You want to try that one over? Well, <laughs> you have, but there are thought people out there. Oh, really? <laughs> I was trying to go around it, Moody. Trying to go, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I believe there, there are really those know. people out Probably, there. I don't know. Who sure believe they exist because they've come face yeah. to ugly face with them. Even fucking Dan Aykroyd love him for crying out loud. Some folklorists, however, claim that the whole idea of men in black is itself a form of mass panic or of psychological drama due to suggestibility and a willingness to believe. Others, however, insist the men in black are part of a real government agency designed to prevent the public from learning the truth about UFOs. Truth. They also insist that their experiences are real and that anyone who thinks they're crazy is merely a tool of government propaganda and manipulation. So what do you guys think? Also, real quickly, I just wanted to, to posit two more theories that I heard. Deposit? Um, no, posit. Like a like a bank? No. <laughs> I, I, I don't have any money. <laughs> oh, yeah. <clears throat> no, the uh, so I, I also read and heard um, some people compare the men in black folklore to like old school, like fairy folklore. Because apparently a lot of the meetings are very similar. Like they make themselves known. And then there's like some threatening blah, blah, blah. So it's kind of a weird thing there. I didn't really get too far into that because, you know, whatever. But did they come and threaten people when they yeah, saw you? Fairies did? I, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's weird. But uh, apparently there's like some sort of link there. And then also the other thing that uh, a lot of people attribute similarities to are like angels. Because... A lot of the men in black sightings, including the one with the woman, they come and they're like, we're not going to hurt you. Don't be afraid of us, which is when you read accounts of like in the Bible or other accounts of people claiming that they have met angels or seen angels. It's the first thing they do. They come and they say, don't be afraid of us. We're not going to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. So there's like this other 
whole theory about how they could be like some sort of like angel you know what i mean like i don't know I so there's just like other weird theories floating around that you could get into that i i didn't really go too far into i think my biggest concern with all of this is that unfortunately the uh the men in black that were you know looking at dan Aykroyd, yeah they didn't cancel all of saturday night live no yeah yeah they should well, it wasn't saturday night live they were trying to cancel thought it was yeah, no, yeah it was he, no 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 it says it was, he a was no he was working on a show about supernatural shit and ufos that was supposed to air on a different channel whatever channel it was and he got a phone call from britney oh, spears about shit. A, a saturday night live episode i was hoping they canceled saturday night live no no damn it doesn't make good sense you know fucking the 90s there you go yeah yeah was it good in the 90s and that was when like adam sandler chris farley all them were on there oh yeah that was, that was the good times good. That was a good times. It's a good times. Good times. So yeah, that's the men in black. We want to know first of all. You guys believe? Do you believe? So there was there was yeah, there was and there was a lot to that that we there was a lot. There's a lot to get into when you get to the men in black. But we just want kind of wanted to give you the the insight of where it all started and how it came and the the term was coined and all that kind of stuff and and kind of go from there instead of just giving you the same same old stories and bullshit over and over again. So we want to know if you guys believe. We want to know if you've had any contact with Men in Black. Do you know someone who possibly has accidentally stumbled upon a ska show in the middle of the road? You know, like you're just walking around and all of a sudden you see these guys out there scatting with horns. Skanking. I said skanking. No, you said scatting. That's I, twice. No, I said skag, skanking. <laughs> Wait, scatting's the... <laughs> Who cares? Whatever. You know what I mean. I love ska music, though. I absolutely love ska music. I like Tokyo ska. I love all that shit. Yeah. Way deep. Way deep. So it'd be amazing if there was a connection there. I'm telling you, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to start. You know what? I'm going to look like fucking Charlie and that that meme where he's got like the fucking strings to all the shit from Always Sunny. sunny. That's going to be me. Like, look, it's fucking true. I'm telling you. It's going to be me, dude. That's awesome. So, yeah, we want to know what you guys think. I'm going to make that connection. It's going to be great. Let us know on social media. Let us let us know everywhere. Let us know if you've ever had any kind of Let us know your favorite ska band. And, and yeah, that, that why not? I like that, too. Yeah. Let us know if, you, if you're into ska. Sure. Yeah. I love I love it. I mm. love it. I don't mind it. <laughs> Shut I, up. I kinda, I'm forced to listen to it. I, I've gotten to I've gotten to like it a lot. I thought you were like a big fan of it, or is it Moody? Or I've gotten. Moody? Was it uh, Danny that likes it? She liked it. I never was really into it until I was with her, and I like I like it. There's a lot that I like now. So. She was in a ska band, right? Yeah, I played bass for him for a while. And what was it called? Uh, the local skank. The local ska. Uh, local scat. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> it was, they were they were an all girl ska bands, and they called themselves the local skank. The local scat. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like something totally different. Yeah. No, it's gross. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, well, guess what, Moody? Yeah, it's time for my favorite part of the show. What part would that be? Well, that would be the movies. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top ten movies will make the cut today? Today. So we are going to be talking about the top ten alien movies as rank. Yeah. I am Deba. I'm And these were movies, like I told you, that they had to have at least 500. These, uh, are, these are actually rated movies. Yes, these are the okay. highest rated movies that have more than 20 reviews because there was, like I told you earlier, there was uh, there was like three or four that you couldn't even pronounce the names because they were foreign that had like 
25 reviews that were really good and i'm like <laughs> all the same guy it reviewing like, it it was the dude's friends you know he's like yeah go on there and uh, yeah. review my movie so it gets up there you know all right so we're gonna do in fact we're gonna do the top 11 only because the, the number 11 is one of my all-time oh. favorite movies okay number 11 is the little shop of horrors uh, okay yeah that's a good one love this movie sure rick moranis He's great. Ellen Green, Vincent Gardenia, Levi Stubbs. Gardenia. And if you guys, if you, <laughs> Gardenia. <laughs> it's got a seven, uh, seven, yeah, seven stars, seven stars. Is that a right? A seven star rating? Yeah. Yeah. On uh, yeah, yeah. Imdaba uh, from 1986. Uh, it's got an 81 Metascore, which I have no idea why I even keep bringing that up. Fuck it. Uh, it grossed 38.75, a million dollars. It's a cult classic these days. It is a cult classic. And if you guys don't know, it's all about um, what? It's a what, musical. What is his name in it? It is a musical. Feed me. Seymour. Yeah. That's his name. Seymour in, uh, in the movie. And he basically finds a plant. He's a, it's a little a, plant. A human eating plant. And he brings it back. And it turns out to be an Feed alien. Me, Seymour. And it wants blood. And it talks. And it gets bigger and bigger. And it tries to kill it, everybody. It's, it's fucking amazing. It's a great movie. It's so Steve Martin's in that, by yeah. the way. Oh, it's so good. He dude. plays the, the dentist. Cast is amazing. The dentist that keeps yeah. huffing on his own shit. <laughs> and it is a musical. And the, the numbers are amazing. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's so good. Oh, I, you know what? I think I'm going to have my daughter watch that. I think she'd like that. My youngest daughter. Yeah, that's a good one for her. I think her. that's a good one for yeah. her. I think she'd like that because she likes musicals too. Number 10, loved this movie, actually went to the theaters and saw this one and everyone since then. Um, it's Pitch Black from 2000. Yeah, I dig Pitch Black, man. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I haven't seen the newest one. Um, it's Vin Diesel. The, uh, listen, this one, the, the why original. Why say it like Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't know why I said <laughs> Vin Diesel's my friend. <laughs> he's big and bald like I am. Except he's not bald. Anyway. This uh, the original one is so the cinematography is, great, is so dark it's and bleak, gritty. Yeah, it's just so crazy. And then they did that well. second one, and man, that suck. Was, uh, that was, was when they were on the, the Chronicles uh, of Riddick. Yeah, I like the Chronicles yeah, of Riddick. Man. I wasn't a fan with the big ships and the fucking. Yeah. Uh, the hell are they called? You say big shits? Ships. Oh. <laughs> ships. <laughs> ships. <laughs> ships. <laughs> big bag of crisps. No, that was a good one because they made so it was it was. And then there was an animated one in between that was pretty sweet. I don't think I've ever seen that yeah, one. Yeah, the animated it, it take basically it took place. It was like the bridge between uh, Pitch Black and uh, Chronicles. Of oh, okay. So if you don't know about this movie, oh, first and foremost, it grossed thirty nine point two four million dollars. Okay. Got a okay. seven point one stars on IMDb. I like it. I like it. And it says a commercial transport ship and its crew are marooned on a planet full of bloodthirsty creatures that only come out to feast at night. But then they learn that a month long eclipse is about to occur. <laughs> and it's super cool. It's, it's a great a movie. movie. It's really dark. Love that yeah. movie. Thought it was awesome. Uh, number nine. 10 Cloverfield Lane. Nine! <laughs> Nine times. <laughs> Grace! <laughs> Nine times. So this is 10 Cloverfield Lane. You know all the Cloverfield movies. Whatever. I've only seen the first one. I wasn't. This is the one with John Goodman. Yeah. And is this the one with like the bunker or some shit? Yeah. Yeah, never seen this one. Yeah, but it did. Uh, it grossed uh, 72 a little over $72 million. Okay. Which is pretty wild. But then okay. Again, but then again, the price of tickets probably went up. So we'll just say that. Yeah. You know, it probably. So like five people went to go see it. No, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, it got a pretty big, uh, it probably got a pretty big push. Yeah. It's, uh, for John, some reason, people really like Cloverfield, which I didn't like. Yeah. I wasn't a fan of that. The the first one with the, the, the handheld camera see, or whatever, I, hate, I, uh, I wasn't a fan. I hate, I hate found footage movies. Yeah. They're so fucking dumb. They're pretty lame. Except Blair Witch. That's one of my least favorite movies of all time. Really? I, I love hate Blair that Witch. movie. I love Blair Witch. Whatever. So stupid. This one says, if you don't know, it's 
After getting in a car accident, a woman is held in a shelter by a man who claims that the outside world is affected by a widespread chemical attack. Oh. That's John Goodman. He's basically like trying to save her, but in reality, he's a whack job. You know what I mean? The very end of it is like the only good part of the freaking movie. Sounds like a fucking like alien version of fucking misery. <laughs> y- yeah, kind of. Kind of, except he's not as vicious as she was in that. Fucking Kathy Bates is a crazy bitch in that movie. Yeah, she's so good, though. She is good. Number eight, Village of the Damned from 1960. Okay, I was going to say, I hope it's the original. Because they remade that with fucking Superman, and it was awful. Wait, uh, uh, they me remade it with Christopher Reeve. Oh, really? Yeah, it was stupid. This is 1960. Oh, wait, no, that was Children of the Damned. Oh. No, this is Village of the Damned. Might be the same thing. I'm fucking, uh, I get them all confused. So 1960... <laughs> 7.3 stars uh, doesn't tell me how much it made but in the English village of Midwich the blonde haired glowing eyed children oh yeah it's the same thing of uncertain paternity proved to have frightening powers of uncertain paternity <laughs> it's amazing because mm. they're aliens right wait what is hold on a second what it's village of the damned the village village it's the village of the damned dude I'm so confused because children of the damned is like the same goddamn thing I don't know. Adapted from the Midwich Cuckoos. Is it, are they like, when was Wait, that one? This is 1960. I wonder if this was the sequel then, because this is 64. Oh, probably. I wonder if they were. T- Dude, uh, I, I get them all confused. Maybe that's why I'm so confused all the time. Dude, number seven on this list, though. 1988's one of the best movies you'll ever watch in your freaking life. They live. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> fucking John Carpenter? Yeah, Roddy Roddy Piper, Roddy baby. Piper. Keith David, that freaking fight they had goes on for oh. like half the movie. It's so amazing. It's awesome, dude. Only grossed $13.01 million. Yeah, but given the time and the low budget and shit, that's. It's, it's also yeah. a cult, cult classic. Oh, though. absolutely. Yeah. So they influence our decisions without us knowing it, they numb our senses without us feeling it, they control our lives without us realizing it. They live. Ooh, that feels like the actual. It's such like a fucking. I got chills. It's such like a social commentary, just on like capitalism and fucking the people in charge and shit, and just how like our lives are completely run by people that we don't even realize. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Love that line. That whole movie is just so freaking amazing. So good. Go out and watch They Live. Please don't remake that if you're out there and anyone out there in Hollywood lands listening. Don't remake that movie. Yeah, because they're listening to us. Yeah, shut shut your face. How do you it might know? be. They might be. If the men in black are, they are. Everybody listens, Moody. It's true. Come on. Number six, which is weird to me, uh, 2017's It. So he's an he's an alien. I thought he was like a monster. I didn't know he was I don't know if it really ever says. I don't think it... I don't know. I read the book, but it was a long time ago. It's so weird. And I never saw the new versions of the You guys know this one. Bill Skarsgård, Little Kids. It's, you know, uh, Stephen King book. It's the newest one. Grossed $327.48 million, though. Holy shit. 7.3 stars. Yeah, Pennywise Pennywise is an alien. I did not know that. Who arrived on Earth long ago. I did not. Maybe they do say that in there. It was a show I don't pay attention. I don't remember, dude. It's been so long since I've seen the original or read the book, and I never saw the new one, so I don't know. Yeah. Number five on our list, 
Well, I mean, you guys know what it is. I don't have to fucking tell you what that is. Number five, 1978's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, that's a great one, dude. Great movie. Donald the, Sutherland. The end where he's just like, ah. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, it grossed $24.95 million. Got a 7.4 okay. rating. When great. strange seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade in Su- San Francisco, California, where they replicate the residents into emotionless automatons <laughs> one body at a time san francisco tree <laughs> it's a great movie that's a good one you guys haven't seen it yet aliens come down and basically take their body snatchers yeah I mean, they take over people's bodies and yeah the name pretty much dictates it all yeah i yeah. mean there's not much else to know yeah number four from 2018 a quiet place okay i never I, i've seen bits and pieces i never watched the whole thing i'm not I don't hate it. I couldn't get into it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like it was, it was one of those movies. Like you, you're wanting, you're wanting it to get better yeah. as you're watching it. So you watch the whole thing. Yeah, and at the yeah. end of it, you're like, meh. I just like I remember watching. I think I watched about a half hour of it, and I was like, yeah, I need a break from this. Because <laughs> just was like bored. Yeah, it grossed 188 point. It was huge, man. It did well. Yeah. yeah, I did not know this though, but uh, it was actually directed by John, John Krasinski. Yeah, he did. That was his movie. I had yeah, no he idea. Did the whole thing. That's awesome. John Krasinski, if you guys are unaware who that is, that's uh, our boy from uh, The Office. You're not a fan of The Office, are you? Uh, I've seen some episodes. It's not not that I'm not into it. I just never really watched it. Yeah, it's Jim. Yeah. Jim from The Office. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was all right. Whatever. Moving on. Number three, Rocky Roar. Rocky Roar. Rocky Roar. I love Rocky Roar. Rocky Road. Rocky Horror Show Live 2015. What? I don't know. They did a live version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I don't know. Read the description. Uh, 7.9, only 600. How, wait, wait a minute. 7.9 stars, only 664 votes when A Quiet Place has 416,221. But yes, this is number three. What? It says a live stage, stage pro- <laughs> motherfucker. production of the musical uh, filmed at the Playhouse Theater in London, commemorating the 40th anniversary of the release of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. It has uh, Jade Westaby, Haley Flaherty, Ben Forster, and Stephen Fry. Ah, moving the fuck on. Whatever. God damn it. Whatever. I don't give a shit. Number two, love this movie. It's The Thing. The original The Thing. Well, technically, it's not the original. What do you mean? The John Carpenter version? Yeah. Yeah, it's a remake. No way. Yeah. I don't think I knew that. It's not like a direct, like, fucking shot-for-shot shot type remake, but yeah, it's it's essentially a remake. What is the original one called? The Thing? It's called, like, The Thing from something or other. <laughs> the Thing from Moody's Butthole. I think it's from, like, I, I, I want to say it was, like, the 60s or something. So this is from 1982, grossed uh, $13.78 million, 8.1 stars on MDBA. Kurt Russell, of course, the, like, one of the best actors ever. Kurt Russell. Oh, I love Kurt Russell. Yeah, I mean, it's been in like every awesome movie ever, kind of. Anyway, but speaking of, so um, have you? Do you watch any of the um, the Marvel stuff like uh, the on Disney, like the new TV shows that are coming out, like the Falcon and Winter Soldier? I have not watched the TV shows. No. All right, so I'm obsessed, absolutely obsessed with anything Marvel. Literally obsessed with it, and I actually go through um, withdrawals, so I have to go back and rewatch movies just because there's nothing new coming out. Yeah. So his son is actually the, the quote-unquote new Captain America in um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. Who is this? It, um, Kurt Russell's. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the new K. Yeah, What's yeah, his name? Right. Something Wyatt. Yeah, he Something. looks ridiculous. Yeah, Russell Wyatt. That's his name. Yeah. yeah. No, Wyatt Russell. Why did I? 
I was going to let that one go. But wait, is that his? I don't know. I don't remember what his name Whatever I think his it name is. is. Wyatt. Whatever. So I think it had to do. I think he named him after Wyatt Earp. Yeah, whatever it is. Anyway, a research team in Antarctica is hunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. John Carpenter again. Yeah, that's amazing. It's 1951s. It's it's a so 1951. There was a movie called The Thing from Another World, and it was adapted from a novel. And then John Carpenter basically did the same thing. So it's like kind of a remake, kind of a whatever. Now, if you guys have never watched this and you do go to watch so it, it's good, amazing, dude. first of all. But if you go back and watch it, you got to remember you're talking about uh, in 1982 when they used real, like, um, that was, special effects. And they fucking hold up to this day, too. Yeah. That's the best part about it. They use real special effects where people are actually building these things and making them move, making stuff freaking look gross, yeah. doing whatever. And two scenes in that movie still to this day are kind of like, every time I see it, A, the head. Oh, where it turns into, like, the spider. And it grows the legs. Yep. And then the dogs in the uh, cage yeah it's fucked yeah it's fucked but it's such a great movie the ending of it is so whatever and then yeah it's awesome and that new one that just came out is a prequel to that if i'm not mistaken yeah they put one out in like 2011 ish 10 ish yeah there was like supposed to be like yeah. a prequel to that yeah. yeah to show how the norwegians right because the norwegians brought it over and right they, it's like to show how they yeah i, I never saw it i didn't bother trying to kill a fucking dog yeah or whatever yeah i didn't bother to see it i watched it it was all right just because i'm such a fan of this one i was like yeah eh, i'll see what it is if it was a remake i probably wouldn't have watched it right it was a prequel right. so i was like eh, we'll see see what they do number one Ooh, moody it's it i mean i know what it better be but it is alien it's alien okay from 1979 i prefer aliens but whatever yeah i love all of them I yeah. literally love all People of them. People shit on the third one, but I like the third one, too. Is that the one with Winona like Ryder? No. No. Yes. Yes. That's, where the, one where, that's the prison in, planet one. Where they bring the third one. Ripley back, where they find her DNA or whatever, and they bring her back, and that's Winona the, Ryder's on it? That's Resurrection. Okay. Yeah. The third one is where the dude, remember the show Rock? The black guy, he was like yeah. a garbage yeah. That guy's in it. He's like the, it's like on like the prison planet. Damn, I don't know. Man, I, I forgot all about that yeah. one. Shit. Resurrection was like the fourth one. That was with the new one. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, welcome to my yeah. world, motherfucker. <laughs> I was just, that, was, that was my John impression, everybody. Hope you liked it. <laughs> Dude, I love all of these. Uh, I like the alien. I'm a huge fan. In fact, if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the way things kind of relate here on the show, um, that Haunted Paintings one, one of the guys that painted a one of the Haunted Paintings they uh, say his paintings are very similar to um, Geiger. Yeah, H.R. Geiger. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, H.R. Geiger pretty much designed yeah, yeah. everything the, the sets, the alien, the alien ship, everything else. So it kind of, I actually talk about that on the bonus episode. You guys go Patreon. Patreon. There you go. Patreon.com forward slash full circle midnight dream broadcast. Yeah. Anyway, so it's Alien, 1979, 8.4 stars, grossed $78.9 million. Very nice. Director Ridley, director, director, Ridley, director Ridley Scott, who is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, it's Sigourney Weaver, Tom yep. Skerritt, John yep. Hurt. I mean, how can you not love that movie? Game over, man. <laughs> yeah, it had, it had our boy in it. Um, what the hell's his name? Oh, uh, Tom. Not Tom. I'm way off on that one. Bill, Bill Paxton. Tom Hanks. Bill Paxton. Tom Hanks. <laughs> it's Bill Paxton. Anyway, Bill Paxton's in there. Got the chest bursters, everything else. If you guys don't know about Alien, you probably shouldn't be listening to this show because it's fucking amazing. Most likely, no. Yeah. Such a good movie. So anyway, those are the movies. No, Bill Paxton, that was the second one. 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Because he was a Marine, right? Game over, man. Yeah, yeah that was the second Yeah, yeah one. you're right. That was Aliens. Correct. Aliens. Everybody out there listening who does listen to the show and like that thinks I'm that's a, a dude, fucking I get, idiot. I get all this shit mixed up, too, though, sometimes. Yeah, 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 that, was a, yeah that was the second one. Yeah, yeah. that's the one that had uh, the fucking numbnuts dude in it from that stupid TV show. He's an actor or a comedian. Paul, Paul. Oh, Paul Reiser was Paul Reiser. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. Mad about you? Yeah, that's the show. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, my mind works. I just can't remember all the shit. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> that are your movies for this week. And that was The movies. Men in Black. I hope you guys like that one. Yeah. It was fun. Passengers, I, learned a lot. I learned a lot that I didn't know. We know it's a little bit late this week. Yeah. Our schedules just did not line up this week. Correct. And uh, it happens from time to time. But we'll always do our best to get you an episode out and do our best to get bonus episodes. In yeah. fact... Moody has brought forth another bonus episode. I have, yeah. Which, do we want to say what it is, or do we want them to sign up to Patreon to find out? We can tell them what it is, maybe give them a little incentive. All right, what is it? So basically what I did was uh, after, actually real quick before I do that, I would like to acknowledge the fact that I, uh, the stuff that I got today, a lot of that history stuff, uh, was from a book called The Men in Black Evidence and the Stories About Earth's Most Mysterious Cover Agents. Awesome. Had a lot of cool info in that. Go get that book. Yeah, it's good. Um, Review it and say you heard about it from us on yeah, Amazon. Be good. That'd yeah. be good. Yeah. Um, no, so I went. Uh, so we did the uh, the surprise surprise motherfucker <laughs> episode for John, which was the haunted breweries. Yes, and there was one that took place in that that is in a prison. Right, it's a moonshine distillery. Right, in a prison in Tennessee. Right, which at one point housed James Earl Ray, who famously assassinated Martin Luther King. Huge piece of shit. He escaped that prison at one point, and they caught him, brought him back, and he got the shit stabbed out of him. He lived, unfortunately. Damn it. Uh, and then they transferred nice him. Nice aim, fellas. So that gave me the idea to maybe we could talk about a bonus where we go over some crazy prison breaks and escapes. Love it. So that's what that bonus is. Love it. Should be a good one. There's some cool stuff in there. That'll be fun. All right, so you guys got to look forward to that one. Everything from a dude escaping with homemade nunchucks. That's pretty awesome. To a couple of World War II escapes from prison camps. Is there any Alcatraz in there? I left the Alcatraz out because I feel like that could be its own thing. It should be its own thing. Yeah. That whole escape thing was That'd be amazing. That would be a good bonus. We, You know what? That Honestly, we should do Alcatraz. Mainly, um, we should add it to our list, mainly because you know, like they never found the guys, right? Did they ever find like two no. of the guys? Two of the guys like just fell off the Maybe they did. Maybe I'm an idiot. I don't know. Whatever. So, yes, that's a bonus coming up. And then this recent bonus is the drunken... Um, <laughs> the drunken haunted paintings, yeah, yeah. which was fantastic. Thank you to Bill and my beautiful wife Grace for being yeah. a part of that with me. Good. So you guys sign up over there at the Midnight Train Podcast dot com or dot com <laughs> or go over to the pay or the uh, dot dot com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. Yes, you can't search it. Yeah, you can't search it because we're we adults. Have adult content, right? So I hope you enjoyed the Men in Black. And next week, join us where we're going to be talking about. Half Hanged Mary. Moody. Okay. Any idea who Half Hanged Mary is? No. Half Hanged Mary, also known as Mary Webster, was accused of witchcraft in the 1680s. She's a witch. Yeah. <laughs> witch. But. <laughs> in a Puritan town in Massachusetts and hanged from a tree where, according to one of the oh. several surviving accounts, she was left all night long. They hung her and they left her there. 
It is known that right. when she was cut down, she was still alive and supposedly lived for another 14 years. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about half hanged Kind of lends Mary. credence to the whole witch thing. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. So we, we are okay. going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the poem that's involved with uh, half hanged Mary. We're going to talk about all that shit. Okay. It's actually a really cool story. And Fuck I think yeah, it'll be dude. fun. Can't wait to get into that. And, and that will be episode 99. 99 99. <laughs> 99. Now, listen, uh, another thing, too, when you guys are looking on your podcasts, uh, pl- whatever you're listening to, your your pod, ch- what do they call those pod chasers? Is that what they're called now? The pod pod apps, podcast apps, I don't know. whatever. I just so, show up. Wherever you're looking there, you might see that it's like 102 or 103 or 104 or whatever oh, like right. that. Because we've, uh, we've put out a couple of random bonus Little bonus episodes. stuff here yeah. and there. You know, we've thrown that stuff out there. We did a, yeah. a best of and stuff we like that. We threw out our first uh, Day the Music died, which I'm working on another one, by the way. Nice. Excited about that. Yeah. Um, so when you see that, um, our real episodes, this right that you're listening to right now is 98. 98. Our 99 will be next count. week. Right. Yeah. Our actual, ap- actual episodes. Yes. So that means 100 is coming up soon. <laughs> so listen make sure to stop over to our official website the midnight train podcast.com and on our website like we talked about earlier you can buy some super sweet merchandise like super a fecal sweet. fighter shirt you can find, get yourself a switch blade wielding raccoon you know what dude don't be a DeSalvo. don't be a DeSalvo shirt selling like crazy by the way <laughs> and listeners keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines well, if you like what you hear from us, consider being a producer of the show by heading over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button or at patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast uh, for as little as five bucks a month. In fact, I think there's a dollar tier on there. But for five bucks a month, you can get all the yeah. bonus episodes yeah, yeah. that we throw out there. And listen, we really do try to make, you know, we put as much work as we can into it. We both have full time jobs. And we really try to just go above and beyond. There's times that we aren't hanging out with our families. There's times yeah. that we're freaking just busting our heads. We're putting buying, episodes out on Tuesdays. Right. <laughs> <laughs> buying freaking books for research. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, everything that we do here. So every little bit that you guys do for us, it just, it, it really does help a yeah. lot. It yeah. really does help. And everything, you, uh, everything that we get goes right back into the show. hundred percent. Yeah. I know we talk about beer and booze a lot, but I promise you guys have never That's bought part of the show. <laughs> I promise you've never paid Jesus. for any booze yet. I hope to get to that point sometime. Yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. You guys actually supported our booze habit. You're <laughs> 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 fucking amazing. But you know, right now, so and it's fine, and we just appreciate the fact that you actually, uh, you know, support what we John's, do. And John's bar supports our booze, yeah, right, at, right at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, like I said, you can get all kinds of cool stuff over there. And if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you like what you hear from us, please help produce this motherfucker. Um, for those of you who would rather just leave a one-time donation, you can head on over to PayPal, and uh, you know, you know, just use the uh, email address, the Midnight Train Podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. Word of mouth is how we're going Boom. to keep getting more passengers on this John beautiful train. John only knows so many people. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> My five friends can't keep liking it. <laughs> five friends. Yeah, right. Like, I got five friends. So we can't thank you guys all enough, honestly. Like, it's just amazing every day when I, I see new emails coming over and new subscribers and new listeners and new Patreon and everything else. It's fucking amazing to me so speaking of new emails we may have uh, another fun little thing coming up here soon yeah i uh, re- we received an email today from uh andy i'll yeah. say his name andy yeah. who was a listener and andy thank you so much for listening and he was actually a part and involved in the joplin missouri um, tornado tornado where the that spawned the butterfly, butterfly people, people which yeah. we did an episode on yeah he sent us a message and uh we're 
we're gonna discuss what we want to do with that. Yeah, yeah. We, so we might have something cool coming. We might up have with something that. cool with that, but we kind, def- of a, we kind of a uh, bringing it back, kind yeah. of a, an update, I guess. Yeah, in one way or the other, I want to tell his story. Yeah, because it sounds, sounds pretty, pretty sweet. Sounds pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. So, I, and I don't mean sweet like. Uh, you know what well, you know what I mean. What he went through is yeah. traumatic as shit. Yeah. But it, I'm glad he made it through it. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like the story is pretty crazy. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Before I tell everyone the names of the people who just do so much for us, Moody is going to tell us the answer to the riddle. Oh, I'm so glad you remember because I completely <laughs> fucking forgot again. So, if you okay, guys are listening so out there, let's recap the riddle. Okay. All right, the riddle. The riddle was. A, a woman, I believe her mother died uh, or somebody died. Not important. I believe it was her mother, though. She was at the funeral and she sees a man that she she instantly falls in love with because she thinks he's just so like. Ugh. Wait, do you have it? Let's pull it up. I can find it. Yeah, yeah let's pull it up real quick. Just so we're giving the I mean, right I'm information. Telling the right fucking but I, thing. I thought it was it wasn't just a man, though. Wasn't it the preacher? No, it was just a man. It was just a man? Yeah. Oh. It was just a man that she thought was like super hot and she like loved at first sight kind of thing. Was it a man in black? No. Damn it. He was not listening to Scott. <laughs> Sorry. All right, psychopath riddle. All right, you got it? I'm sure half the people just looked it up by now. Yeah, that's fine. They all know it, but we're, we're going to say what the uh, thing is. All right, here we go. Ready? Okay. Yeah, tell a the riddle woman, first. A woman is at her mother's funeral. I was right. And she sees a man so handsome that she instantly falls in love. Unfortunately, she never gets to talk to the man. The next day, she goes home and kills her sister. What was her motivation? So that's the riddle. So the riddle is if you can answer, if you answer this correctly, if you answer it correctly in a reasonable amount of time, you are apparently a you're a psychopath. Psychopath, right? Correct. And the answer would be? The answer is she killed her sister, hoping to see the man again at her sister's funeral. There you go. So for all you guys who were sending us all kinds of... <laughs> Somebody was actually pretty close, too. Yeah, yeah that's, I, I didn't let anyone know exactly yeah. what it was. I was like, Somebody that answered was fairly close to that. So. so if you got that right, and if you thought that was the answer, you're a psychopath. And you might want to go seek help. Just saying. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> So listen, a huge, amazing, huge, huge, just, I, we can't even thank you guys enough. Huge thank you to our superhero Patreon producers, and they are... What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck It's not them. I don't know. What, what are you doing? It's right there. You No, no, no. Stop hitting the button. Just hit oh, that. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Moody is fired. Anyway, to Gina Madison, Janet Sherrell, Heather Gilmore, Laura Randall, Timmy Fen- uh, Timmy, Tommy Fenderbosch. That's Timmy's little brother, or Tommy's Jesus. little brother. Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Funbox Podcast. Please make sure you check out the Funbox Podcast. What the hell are you doing, fingers? These things are very sensitive. Very. You should know this by now. Yes. Um, Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartlemy, who host the Sisters Skelton. Oh, good for you. Podcast. Make sure you guys check out the Sisters Skelton Podcast. Sisters They're amazing. The Sisters Skelton Podcast. Make sure you check them out. Uh, Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Craig Spurlock, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and Bill Birch, who is doing much better now. Good. Is he doing yes, good? Yes, he's doing awesome. awesome. We enjoyed... Uh, what was his... What, what he had... Uh, 
broken ribs. Intestinal issues and shit. His intestines shifted. And yeah. Yeah, he broke all kinds of ribs and shit. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing much better. Wasn't it his daughter's fault? Um, It wasn't her fault. <laughs> no, it mess- wasn't her kidding. fault. I'm just messing around. He's probably like, oh, don't say that. No, no, no. no I'm, just he's a good, he's I'm a good kidding. Dad. He's a good dad. God, no. I'm not. But it, nowhere did I ever claim he was not a good dad. But it kind of was her fault. <laughs> Jesus. But it's all right. Shit happens, man. So listen, if you guys want your name to be mentioned at the end of the show here, sign up as a member on our website or, or actually sign up as on a uh, for Patreon. Patreon. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just let Patreon. us know that you uh, actually care about what we do. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if you don't care about what we do, give us money. What? <laughs> <laughs> said sign up if you care about what we do. I said, if you don't care about what we do, give us money anyway. Yeah, there you go. Just give us whatever. Yeah. And we promise not to use it on beer yet yet right <laughs> so stay safe out there passengers and as always shoot you motherfuckers now go home and get your fucking shine box Mano, mano. Brings his cold despair. Ask yourself, will end.